Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Oh, hi. hi. Welcome to Prayer Warriors Needed because Prayer Warriors are needed. We are blessed we have a guest speaker today. We're, we're looking at the court. We have someone to give us uh, analysis and observation. And in essence, it's where the legal system comes from and, and how the Okay, I think I got it. And I hope, but I hope that's the phone I got everybody on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I hope. Anna, can you speak? Let me see if you speak. Let me, is that the line I muted? No, it didn't. No, that's the line I muted. Okay. If everyone will mute their phones instead of you having to, I think that would work. I have my own phone, so I don't know. Can you guys hear me okay? I can hear you. Okay, great, great. And, yes, actually, I'm on YouTube, and I see Robert Henderson, Introduction to the Courts of Heaven. Mm-hmm. So, the book prior to that is Open Your Book, and that's the first one that you really need to see, and then you go to uh, the Court of Heaven. Cause what is the call? That, I'm sorry? Open Your Book. Open Your Book, okay. I'll take a look at that then. Thank you so much for that. Thanks to you for sharing that. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's it's one thing to, you know, try to live for the Father, live, you know, for Christ. And it's another thing in terms of tapping into the power, you know, which I think many of us as Christians or believers somehow, Anna, you know. Anna, sorry. Anna, that's me. I'm trying to put you on a separate oh, line. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Anna, could you, you answer that call? All right, let me let me put you on this line. Is there any way you can hang uh-huh. on the other line? Okay. Yeah, so if I have to mute the, the line with noise, I can have one on the separate line. Right. I'm not sure how I can get rid of the other one. Okay, I think let's just try and have you stay there. Right, so if I have to mute... Okay. I'm trying to speak to my right thing, but one thing is, I don't know why I'm sorry. I think this is it. All right, Anna, can you hear me? Yes. All right, uh, Camille, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Oh, wonderful. Anne, can you hear me? Macy, can you hear me? Macy? 
Oh, she's muted. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, we're going to get started. All right, Macy, we can hear you. You there, Macy? Yes, I okay, am. Great. Okay, great. All right. And, and uh, yes, all right. So if you put star six, we're going to look at if you can uh, go to YouTube and put in, um, what is it, Anna, Robert Henson? Yes, Robert Henderson, The Court of Heaven. Okay, and and that's what we're talking about today. And we will open up with prayer. Go ahead, Anna. I'll let you uh, open up with prayer, and then we'll pray at the end again, too. Go ahead. Okay. Father, I thank you. We give you honor, glory, and praise for you alone are worthy. Lord, we come to you this morning with eager hearts to hear what you have to say. And so I ask that you open ears and eyes that we would be able to gather your understanding, your wisdom, your knowledge, your revelation for this teaching. We submit and surrender to you and you alone, and we thank you. Glorify your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank thank you so much. We'll we'll pray because I don't, you know, she's doing me a favor. I don't want to take much. We're going to pray at the end of this um, review. Could you just tell us what is the court of heaven? What is this about? There was a book with each one of our names in it. Um, Just what, you know, uh, from what you've studied, I'd really appreciate you sharing that. Sure. Well, let me just tell you, the Lord gave me an anointing to write when I couldn't even read. And I honestly understand that um, as a child, but I've always been able to eloquently write. And I'm a high school dropout, and the Lord has just done a miraculous work. And being able to write the way that he has allowed me to do or writing through me, he's brought me into an understanding that he and not we are the ones that do the work. And so I know that I'm an empty vessel because many times I sit in front of the computer and I have no idea what I'm going to write about and he just flows. And so when I started reading and learning about uh, the books in heaven, uh, it became clear because if you read in scripture, it talks about books in heaven. It doesn't talk about one book yet. We've always been preached to, or at least I have, regarding the book of life. So here I thought, and perhaps I'm the only one that thought that way, that there is a book in heaven, and it's entitled the book of life. And all of our names as believers are written there. And so coming into an understanding that there are many books and many scrolls, which are really books, And that each of us has one, it brought it into total and complete clarity because of the fact that Jesus came to serve a purpose. He came uh, to do the will of the Father, and we are here, too, to serve a purpose and do the will of the Father. And Robert Henderson broke it down in a way that made it so easy to digest and to understand. He says that the Father has three roles. One is all about our needs, which is Abba Father. The second role is as friend. We come to him when we bring intercessions on behalf of others. And the third is as judge. And so if he sits as judge and Jesus is our advocate, then that only stands to verify that there's a court. Because why else would we need a judge and why else would we need an advocate unless there is a court? In addition to that, he clearly states that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So we already know who our advocate is, we know who our judge is, and we know who our adversary is. 
So therefore, it stands to rule that whenever you're going through a trial, whether or not you know the legal ground behind it, there is one. And so now it's your job to seek the legal ground so that you can plead the blood of Jesus, repent, renounce, and confess it so that that sin is now covered by the blood and the enemy can no longer hold that against you. Because what the, the enemy does is he goes into heaven with a legal ground and now Jesus has to advocate. And either A, he speaks up on his own blood, or B, he has to leave it there standing against you in the jurisdiction because you didn't claim the blood over that transgression. And what the Lord revealed to me is that many of us are walking around because of lack of prayer time. We seek when we seek, we find, right? Knocking the door shall be open, seek and you shall find. And so it tells you, seek first the kingdom of God. So we are to seek the kingdom of God. If we know that there are books and there are scrolls written with your name, with your entire purpose, God says in Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. So there's, there are plans for you. Many times we stand on a scripture that speaks to our spirit and we stand firm on that spirit, on that scripture rather. And that's the right thing to do. When Jesus was being tempted, he always spoke with the word for it is written. Every time that Satan tempted him on something different, he responded for it is written. So yes, we are to speak and invoke the word of God over our circumstances, but we are also to knock and seek so that we may find personal revelation. God is a personal God. He's a covenant-keeping God. By confession, in Romans, it tells us in 10, 9 through 13, if we confess with our mouth and believe with our hearts that we, are, you know, we shall be saved, for it's with your mouth that you believe and confess and with your heart that you are justified. But what exactly does that mean? What's the justification for? We need to be justified in order to come before the throne room. And people think that you're going to be judged on that day. On the day that we depart here for believers, we fall asleep. It doesn't say we die. It says we fall asleep and are instantly in the presence of God. So many people believe that our judgment happens on that day. But the truth of the matter is that it's happening continually throughout your life. And you're given an opportunity every time that a trial arises to enter the trial. You are on trial. Go to your trial. If in the natural world someone sends you emotion or charges you with something, you know that you have to either call the court or settle the sun pass or, you know, go before a judge or whatever the case may be. Yet here you are, the spokes individuals of the almighty God, and you're being accused and a trial is set before you and you're not entering to get your rightful verdict. So you, whenever you're entering into a trial, normally you will know before. You'll get a witness of something. You'll have an, an advocate or an adversary. Either people are speaking for or they're speaking against you. Either you're being uh, accused of something or you're being blamed for something. You know, there's different levels here. It may be your own children that are accusing you of something. It may be uh, the enemy has energized the flesh in one way or another. That's your trial. 
Take it before the throne room of God. Take it before the court. Appeal to the Lord as judge. When we're appealing to the Lord as judge, we're appealing to him as Lord. And we're not entering there because of our own righteousness, because the Lord already said Abraham was the only righteous man, literally, and then Noah. And I haven't heard him say anything about anyone other than Jesus. So we're entering because of the righteousness imparted to us by Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am seated in heavenly places. So we're walking with boldness into the, into the court of heaven. Listen to this. Esther pled her case before her husband because she was his bride. What Robert Henderson explains is that we're not just going in there uh, as an individual that knows the Lord and loves the Lord. We're going in there as his bride. And in in Old Testament, when there was a king, he had a scepter. And if you were going in there when the king had not requested an audience with you, you were risking him not lifting that scepter and you being executed. So she took a risk in going in there. You're taking a risk in going in there, but our risk is minimized. It was already paid for by the blood. Now it's through humility and a repented heart, confessing all of our sins before him as the Holy Spirit gives you revelation of that sin. And you're walking in there with boldness because you know it's been covered by the blood because you have invoked it. It's up to you to invoke the blood of Jesus over those circumstances so that you can receive a true and just verdict from the only just judge that exists. If we have in the natural, we have local, we have state, and we have federal courts, then there's the Supreme Court. Well, the court of heaven is the supreme court of all supreme courts. So you're walking in to the spirit realm by faith through grace into the the courtroom of heaven to seek a just verdict on your behalf because of the blood of Jesus, payment in full, and because God is honest and true to his word for his nature. So he will give you a ruling based on his namesake for his glory and for his purpose to come to pass in your life. And that is the only reason that we will walk away victorious is if we are seeking his kingdom. What's his kingdom? His written purpose for your life. And that's as simple as it gets. Isn't he wonderful? Yes, he is. Now, so the court of heaven, how how did the regular court system develop from the court of heaven? Well, uh, everything happens in the natural through fraud and deception, right? Satan was hurled out of heaven, and with his tail, the great dragon took a third of the angels with him. And it says that they were given dominion on the earth, above the earth, in the heavenlies, right? And then under the earth. So they're roaming. When when, uh, Satan went to claim a case against Job, he didn't have anything against him. There was no legal ground. As a matter of fact, 
he walked in there and it was God that offered him Job, right? So right. a lot of times, if you're not seeking the Lord for revelation, you may think you're trying to uncover some hidden sin when maybe the Lord gave you up to test you, to, to help you to grow, to mature mm. you in Christ. It isn't what any of us want to hear, but it's the truth. It's either based on a sin and legal ground against us, or it's based on character because he cares more about your character than anything else. He's and developing. That's so that, that in essence means that sometimes even the TI program, which I was so happy she was familiar, you're familiar with, that God may allow this program to literally grow people up in God. Am I correct? Yes. Because otherwise, otherwise, when Satan walked into the court of heaven, right, he ushered him, he ushered his presence into the beginning. So he bypassed the angels that were waiting there to plead their case or to maybe give a report before him. He, he asked Satan to come to the front of the row and he asked him, where have you been? And he said, roaming to and fro. And then he offered him, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant, Job? None of us want to hear this because the truth is none of us want to think, you know, that our almighty, loving, forgiving, true, just God may offer someone and we don't understand and we don't want to go through, you know, the painful things, uh, the boils, everything that he went through in his body. How I mean, even the wife, everyone turned against him. He lost all his children. I'm not signing but, up for but, that. But but the purpose of that was for eternal honor. Till this day, it was for eternal honor. Till this day, Job is used as an example for mankind, you know, particularly like T.I., you know, not to say that T.I.s are going to go through the same thing, but there was eternal honor on his name. God chose that situation not to say that he's going to replicate and replicate and replicate, but to show man that, you know, his, that God's faithfulness will give you more double portion than what you had, that the devil is a liar, that sometimes adversity comes from the most high God, not necessarily everything's the devil. Exactly. That's exactly my point. You know, something to take your eyes off of the circumstance and to put it on the Lord, because he alone can give you revelation, and he alone will give you a witness whether this is coming from him for whatever reason, uh, or it's coming from Satan. You know, you can't blame Satan for everything. And so the bottom line is, yes, it was to honor God, because he knew that no matter what happened, no matter what was thrown at Job, he was not going to bow down to any other God. Now, remember, he wrestled with him. You know, there were many times when, when, when Job wrestled with the Lord, you know, and then God had to discipline him. You know, who are you? Were you present when I did this, when I did that, when I separated the sea? When I, and the bottom line is neither are we, neither were we. And yet we need to learn how to submit and how to seek revelation. You know, the Holy Spirit, and in, in Revelations, it talks about the seven spirits of God. And in other parts, it tells you that they are the spirits. Wisdom is a spirit. Seek you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of knowledge. These are spirits, just like in Timothy, when he tells you, for I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. It's a spirit 
of love power and a sound mind. We're not used to that. And so we need to get used to God's language. When you called and you asked me to be on this call, I'll be honest with you, I've been seeking the Lord for breakthrough in some of the people's lives that that um, uh, you know seeking him for and for their breakthrough and sometimes it's taken a lot longer and things have happened that I didn't think that should have happened and so in that plan of seeking that I ended up finding Katie Sosa S O U Z A and she talks about the court of heaven and she talks about getting uh, an acceleration to your prayers. And I was extremely interested because more than 10 years ago, uh, my spiritual warfare mentor, uh, which his name is Bernstein Paddle, and you can find him on walkingempower.org, did a very similar teaching, except Katie doesn't give any of the information on the internet. And I'm all about disseminating information because we are in an era of acceleration. The Lord is all about taking you, his intercessors, by the hand, lifting you up a hundred levels higher than where you are right now, soaking you in his spirit, pulling you into his heart, and then sending you out so that you can be equipped to do that for which he created you for, which is to speak what is written in those books that we may disseminate his life to dry bones. And in that process, he brought me to Robert Henderson's teachings that made it so simple to understand. And I know that the first time that perhaps you listen, uh, you know, you may need to listen two or three times and a lot of people will doze off. That's just a spirit of slumber coming upon you so that you can't receive the depth of the teaching. You know, whenever you eat, if you mix your foods and you're eating a lot of carbs, you're going to get tired. You're going to get sleepy. Well, Satan does that too with the, with the word of God. He doesn't want you to be fed so that you can't feed others. And so I encourage you to pray before you listen to any teaching so that it will be the Lord keeping you awake, helping you to focus, binding the mind binders, and loosing everything that you need within you so that you can absorb. We need to be sponges so that we can absorb the teaching and then walk it out. And so if you know that there's a book written about you, by the author of life. Is that not the most important book that you should seek after the scripture? So that I so that that's the basic contention about the court of heaven is to go to the throne and ask God to reveal the book of life in our name. Is that that's what the court of heaven actually, Yes. Actually um it's about you know, Jesus is the only one, right? Jesus was the only one that could break the seals. Um, and so they they were saddened when John uh, saw heaven. He was saddened because there was no one else. They looked everywhere on heaven and on earth, and there was no one that could open the books because they were sealed. So Jesus is the only one that can open that book. You have to ask him to unseal, to break the seals in your book so that it will be opened onto you and revelation will pour forth. If you and, never and this ask, for, the, for the listening audience, what book are you talking about? We're talking about the book that has been written in heaven by the author of life on for you. It's your book. Exactly. On each one of us, there's a book in heaven 
that God has certain things he wants us to accomplish on this earth. And what you're saying is the court of heaven is a place to go to the throne and ask for God to reveal, to break the seal of that book so that you can live out your destiny. Am I correct? Exactly. And he will do it for anyone that asks him to, because that's one of the purposes that Jesus came. So now, does, does your... Satan, Satan have access to that book? Is he, because another theory I've read, I've heard about, is that he had access to that book and he sees that you have great destiny on your life. And that's how he picks who's he's going to, he's trying to basically destroy because that book says that there's great destiny and people who have great destiny, they want to give, you know, those are the targeted individuals. Let me ask you this. Have you noticed how sometimes there are, well, always, there's uh, our destiny sometimes is lived out because we're doing what our ancestors have done. In other words, uh, the father may be a doctor, the uncle is a doctor, the son is a doctor, the sister is a doctor, or maybe there's a bunch of lawyers in that family lineage, or maybe there's a lot of uh, theft in that family lineage. You know, it's part of the inheritance. And so, you know, the Bible also says that the sins of the wicked fall to the third and fourth generation. The only uh, sin that it talks about falling to the tenth is wedlock and relax. The blood covers it all once we claim it. But the bottom line is that just like good things pass down, so do negative ones until they're broken by the blood. Well, the bottom line is that, you know, Satan looks. Remember, he's been around since, you know, the earth was formed. And so he knows through all your family lineage, people you don't even know. You know, I mean, we're talking, you know, 15, 20 generations back. He knows everyone that was involved, everything that they did in hiding. Think about this. Miriam may know each of you by name, but can you honestly say that she knows everything that you've done in hiding? Does she know all your dirty laundry? No. And neither do most people. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so the bottom line is that, that which no one else knows but has happened, whether in secret or in open, the majority of the time, Satan isn't everywhere. Let's face it, you know, only God is omnipotent and omnipresent. However, his minions are in different places, and there are spirits on assignment, just like you have angels that were assigned to you, the host of heaven assigned them to you. Um, you know, Satan has minions. He has uh, demonic forces that have also been assigned to family lineages. And so they report back to him, just like the angels report to the Most High God. And so things that you're not even aware of, and yet you can think back and think, I've been trying to break that off of me my entire life. It's a generation's curse. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation as to how that door was open. Not even necessarily who, who cares? Those people are dead, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. But How was that door open? And the Holy Spirit all of a sudden may wake you up in the middle of the night where you'll just have a knowing. Something's been dropped into your spirit where you just know, boom, this is, you know, I need to repent of this. And no one in your entire family will attest that that ever happened, either because they're ashamed or they don't want to, you know, say who it happened to or whatever. But the bottom line is that the Holy Spirit will give you a witness and you need to walk in that. Repent, confess, and break off, break it off of you. 
for you and for future generations. I'm going to give you one real quick example. My nephew at 18 passed away. Star pitcher. He was not sick. He had been the first one recruited by a scout uh, to, you know, go away for college or whatever. And he passed away in a car accident. Mm. Ten years later, his mother, my sister at 53, passed away from pancreatic cancer. Oh, my God. I was, I was going to a spiritual warfare church, and my pastor said, Annie, that's a generation's curse. And I said, what? And he said, the first promise in the Bible is obey your mother and father that you may live a long, prosperous life. I'll tell you this. I was the rebellious one when we were growing up. My sister was the most obedient one. The one that passed away, there's four of us. The one that passed away had the favor of the world. Everyone loved her. Okay, it was like Raymond. Everyone loved Anya. Well, you know what? When he said that, he said, I bet you if you go home and ask your parents if there were young deaths in the family, you're going to see that there were. And I came home. I mean, couldn't get here fast enough. And I asked my mom. Well, guess what? On both sides of the family, my father had a brother that passed away as soon as he graduated the university. Freak accident. He jumped into a river in Cuba that the whole family had been diving into their whole life. It was low tide and he broke his neck. And then uh, my mom had a sister that passed away young. And so I went back and I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And he said, more than 80% of the times that that happens, it's been rebellion against God. Mm. Rebellion wow. against God. Wow. So there's things that are hidden in everyone's family right. lineage that guess what? Satan has a field day with it because he knows you haven't repented. You haven't bothered going into your prayer closet for yourself. You haven't bothered, you know, seeking whatever has been hidden. You need to ask the Lord to Turn every stone over. Leave no stone unturned. Lord, I give you permission. I give you authority. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I welcome you. And this isn't a one-time thing. You're going to have to be serious about it. You know, whatever your profession or whatever it is that you, your hobby or your craft, whatever your specialty is, you, know, you didn't learn it overnight. I don't care how good you were naturally at it. You know, if you're a singer, you took singing lessons, or you went to the Holy Spirit and he, you know, he gave you your pipes and he taught you how to use them. And it's the same thing with, you know, whatever craft or whatever specialty you have. You took the time to become an expert in that. You need to become an expert in going to the Holy Spirit for revelation of the things that are deeply hidden in your life so that you can break them off and start walking into freedom. I didn't learn where I, I am overnight. It's taken a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and being before the Lord. And it hasn't been a thrilling, happy, joyous place. A lot of times, it's a very suffered place. Intercessors, uh, most of the time, are set apart, and we fellowship with other intercessors because the, most of the rest of the of believers 
don't understand the level of anguish that the Lord takes you into so that you can be purified and sanctified. And when he calls you into battle, whether you're asleep or in the middle of the night or on vacation or wherever you may be, and sends your spirit somewhere, you're not going to freak out because you've been there before. You know what it's like. He's the commander in chief, and you are simply an order taker, a general maybe, but you're still going to get up and go wherever he sends you. And unless you're willing to do that, you need to close your prayer closet and just back off because God demands 100% of you. And in order for you to give that, you have to be pure before him. And I don't mean that you need to be 100% clean. I mean you have to be willing and obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So as long as you're willing to be obedient to him and when you mess up, you didn't get it, you missed the mark, clean yourself off. Look at Peter. He denied Jesus three times. But still, he ended up perfecting him one time. He told him once, Peter, you've been forgiven. Get up and go. Literally, that's what he told him. He reinstated him on sight. You are restored the second that you walk back. Run to him. I fall continuously. I run back. And he's right there cleaning me, dusting me off, and setting me on my way. These teachings are for you. You know why I know? Because you're on this call. Wow. wow. I know that for me. I'm I, I I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt, but I mean Good, I was just gonna ask for feedback. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh boy. Uh Anna, you Wasn't touched on so many things that really yeah, it really hit my spirit. Um especially, you know, as you were talking about and basically going into generational curses because I grew up in a family, especially with me and my mom, where they didn't talk about anything, but you knew there was a lot of stuff that was going on. And, um, you know, even my aunt, you know, who I guess was most open in terms of, I wouldn't know anything if it weren't for her, you know, uh, remember she said she would always say that there's mental illness in the family. And, uh, you know, she would also say, I mean, it was also through my family, not my mother, that I found out that before I was even born that there was another child who died. And it was really never talked about. And, I mean, there's just so many other things that, you know, when I think about it, I know it has affected me throughout my life. I just didn't really understand all this in terms of this teaching and going to the Holy Spirit. For a long time, being in the church, I didn't even know who the Holy Spirit was, you know. And unfortunately, it's one of those, the Holy Spirit is neglected in many of the churches. They'll talk about God and they'll talk about Jesus. And maybe they'll talk about the Holy Spirit in passing. But most of us, and I know I didn't know really who and what the Holy Spirit was. And I'm still trying to learn that for myself. Um, But also, you also mentioned uh, in terms of Job, and that's another thing. uh, And I remember I've mentioned this to to, um, Miriam, that, you know, in terms of what people want to hear and the fact that many people don't want to hear that sometimes God will just take you through a trial just to perfect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the churches, and I think a lot of the teachings that I started hearing about Job was about the fact that Job went through this because he had fear in his life. 
And I think the scripture they would use was Job, I think it's either Job 3.15 or 3.25, that the the one that says the thing that I fear the most has come upon has me. Has come upon me, right. Yeah. And so they use that scripture to say that's why this came upon Job, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of a simplistic way of interpreting what Job went through because the scriptures also say that Job was the most righteous man in the East. Right. So if he's the most righteous man of the East and his fear allowed him to go through this, then you would think that everyone else would have gone through much worse than Job did because exactly. he was probably more righteous than they were. But I think, like you said, God had a greater purpose for Job, you know, so um, I'm gr- I'm glad that you touched on that as well, and just the whole wrestling with God. You know, when I think about Job wrestling with God, kind of think about with Jacob wrestling exactly. with God, and that and that's just kind of those of us who are really true. We're going to go through that wrestling period. It's not like you said; it's not going to be pretty. But I thank you so much for bringing this because. I know I needed to hear it. Thank you. Oh, praise God. Praise God. To him be all the glory. You know, it's such an important teaching, and um, it's been so much revelation. One of the things that he revealed to me recently was um, I, have an, I have a prison ministry, and, you know, everyone likes to be forgiven unless until it's time for you to acknowledge that forgiveness for somebody else. And, you know, um, other people struggle with that. I'm sure none of you do. Right. But the bottom line is that I kept asking, Lord, you know, we're, we're seeking you fervently on behalf of this individual. Uh, they've confessed of all their known sin. We've confessed of their unknown sin. We've stood in the gap, you know, and still this is happening, you know, uh, what's up with that? And uh, he put us on a 90-day journey, and he gave me an entire teaching for this 90 days and gave me the scriptures to stand on on behalf of these four men because it's it's a season of, of standing in the gap for men, right? Uh, we're in a season where role reversal is just prevalent all around us, and God is just sanctifying his people and, and bringing them to a different uh, degree of depth. And he reminded me, Actually, he took me back. It was almost like I could see Jesus right before, you know, uh, they came for him. And Jesus kept asking the disciples to intercede with him. And he'd go away. And when he'd come back, and he had told them, don't fall asleep. The one thing he asked, you know, don't fall asleep. The other one was pray. Well, guess what? They were asleep. And instantly he showed me so many times where He'd woken me up and I drifted off again. And, you know, how many battles have people lost because they've entrusted you with prayer and you haven't been diligent? And I'm not putting a guilt trip. Listen, I I bind that and I forbid it from speaking to anyone right now. But I am saying that when the Lord calls, you know, ask him to help you to be obedient. Because none of us have it in us, let's face it, you know. But. He can do it through us, and that's what it's all about. It's yielding. That's where it's at. You know, we need to yield so that he can use us as what? An empty vessel. He doesn't want you to come with all your garbage. He wants you to come 
as a temple of the Holy Spirit, a vessel emptied. How do you empty it? Confessing your sin and making sure that you're seeking him so that, you know, if you won a specific battle for an individual, let's just say, for whatever addiction, let's just use that for an example, and, uh, you know, 10 days later, they bring another addict for you to pray over, don't rely on 10 days ago and what happened and how you did it and whatever. You seek the Holy Spirit for this battle. Because maybe the things that are hidden within this person are different. Now, don't get me wrong. There's, there are similar dynamics. It's the same spirit, addiction. But addiction can be gluttony. It can be someone that's extremely overweight. It could be someone that's extremely skinny. Anorexia. You know, I mean, addiction can be in any form. It's not just a drug. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a way of a cycle that hasn't been broken. And so the Lord will give you. For that person, what he desires, when he desires it, at his time. You know, if you're used to going into your prayer closet before you go into a prayer meeting so that you can, you know, uh, be rightly aligned, that's fine. But if you're used to going into your prayer closet so that you can know how to do something, then there's something wrong. You're depending on you. You're not depending on God. Because the Lord will give you, there's a scripture that says, Open your mouth and I will fill it. Don't worry about what you're going to say. When the appropriate time arises, I will speak it through you. So all you got to do is open your mouth. You yield yourself an empty vessel and you open your mouth so that he can fill it. And by faith, you're going to go and do whatever it is he tells you to do. And that's how I'm on this call today because it has nothing to do with me. It's him. Amen. Well, I feel the spirit moving, so, uh, and I mean, it's just resonating with my spirit, everything that you're saying, you know, Uh, because that, you know, it's just, it's all about him, you know, it really is all about him, and and, I mean, it's not about us at all, and, you know, I mean, I've been going through some excruciating, hellish battles, and I know it has to do with things in my life that need to change. I know it has to do with generational curses, probably things like you said, which in families have never been discussed. And because I never knew really the Holy Spirit, I didn't know how to fight, you know. Um, you know, And that is how Satan has the victory because he knows more about my family and what has been done way more than I do. You know what I'm saying? I oh, mean, yes. I think there's so many hidden secrets in my family, and, I mean, I probably know only a little splinter of them, you know, because, the, I mean, all that stuff that you mentioned in terms of your family has mm-hmm. also happened in mine in terms of dying young. Um, you know, I remember I had a cousin who died maybe um what maybe a week was it no no, yeah he died about a week after my college graduation and I had another cousin who died you know I think she was like 33 years old her body I mean she went through so much I mean she went through life where I mean I didn't even find this out until the end of her life where you know she said she had about four abortions in her life and then she had shared with me that the son that she had, she only had him because she didn't realize that she was pregnant. 
You know, I mean, because she was getting high. I mean, it, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that's coming wow. from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, yes. I just never really knew how to go about. I mean, I know there's even more stuff. I mean, my, you know, just hearing things throughout the family where, you know, my uh, grandfather, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously there's been issues with alcohol. My grandfather would be drunk. Uh, I mean, my aunt, I remember she would tell me that he would go around and basically uh, take all the candy money throughout the house and spend it on alcohol, you know. Mm-hmm. And my fa- my father was abusive. I never really knew my father growing up at all, you know what I mean? In other words, he mm-hmm. was never a part of my life. But what I do know about him is that he was very, very abusive, you know, and uh, he put the fear of God in me from the very beginning of my life, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I never really knew about him, and I'm sure there's a whole lot of baggage in terms of that. As a matter of fact, some of the things that have been hinted, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff there, but I just don't know, you know, but I know all this stuff, obviously, Satan knows, and it has impacted my life. I well, you know, the good thing the good thing is, and I'm sorry to interrupt, that <laughs> there's one that knows even more than Satan. And, right. you know, the same blood that covers that which we know covers that which we don't know. That's why, uh, you know, some, uh, I was accustomed to praying sins of omission and commission, known and hidden sin, you know, and then ask the Holy Spirit to bring you revelation and spend quiet time with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to notice something when you start developing your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Your mind is just going constantly and you're going to have to refocus it. And this is a process of emptying your thoughts. If you're not used to doing it, you're going to notice that you're going to stay busy for a long period of time, and then you're going to continuously catch your thoughts and empty them and over and over again because it's a battle until you overcome it. And um, Holy Spirit will start giving you revelation whether you're awake or asleep, and you'll just know. It doesn't even matter who it was. You just need to, you know, confess, repent, and renounce. And, And that's what I do. I tell them, you know, Lord... I have no idea who it was that opened this door, you know, but I confess, repent and renounce of this sin, and I ask you for forgiveness, you know, and I cover it with your blood, and I thank you. I thank you for your restoration. You know, he came to restore all things. And so, you know, that's a lot of times I guarantee you that you've already gotten a witness, and, you know, you just either didn't realize that it was the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a real quick example. I don't want anyone to answer this. I just want you to think in your head. What is the one thing that's a pet peeve that you judge? You may not tell anyone, but you criticize it within yourself or you look down upon it or that one thing, that was an open door in your family lineage. Cancel it. Confess, repent, and renounce of it, and ask God to give you a heart of compassion for those individuals. And so he starts showing you in all different ways. But Mm -hmm. opening the seal to your book 
is so important because it starts giving you revelation of what God created you for. And once you start focusing on what he created you for, the Holy Spirit will show you all these other areas that are like shadows in your life, and you don't want them. You start doing it automatically because, hey, I don't want that. I want this. And so you start aligning more with what's been written about you and for you, for his purpose, than what Satan has been lying to you about your whole life. It's a total structure change, but it's doable because he does the work through us. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioning that because, and I think I mentioned this to you, Miriam, that's one of the things that I've been praying about. Father, what is your purpose for me here? Because I feel like for years I've just been going through the motions, you know. Uh, but definitely, I I know what you're saying is is true. Um, you know, just in terms of uh, really finding that purpose. What you said in terms of uh, the the thoughts in my mind that already happens because um my mind is always thinking about something, and I find that even as I'm praying that it's hard for me to get focused sometimes because all of a sudden, all of these other thoughts in terms of what am I going to eat, what am I going to do, I mean, all these things just start popping in my mind, and then I have to repent and I try to refocus, and sometimes I can, other times, I don't know, for some reason those thoughts just are so powerful. But, you know, I go through that battle in prayer many times, you know. Uh, As far as the Holy Spirit, and I guess this is what I would ask you, you know, in terms of spending time with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if you could really answer this for me, but what does that really mean, especially for someone who really never knew the Holy Spirit for so much of her, quote-unquote, Christian church life? Okay, let's deal with the first one first, okay? We're talking about the thoughts, the barrage of thoughts. First of all, I want you to know that what you're experiencing, most people experience that in one degree or another, and they just don't confess it, okay? So I guarantee you that there are other people on this call that are being ministered to as well. Um, those those uh, polar effect thoughts where it's just constant, you know, that's how mm-hmm. Satan has tripped you up, all right? And that's you just stated that your thoughts, no, those aren't your thoughts. Um, It's actually Satan, and that's the way that he's controlled and manipulated you. And so, you know, you surrender them. When you wake up in the morning, you know, Lord, I don't know how to do this without you. I can't do it on my own. And I surrender this to you. I need your help. Help me. And how you spend time with the Holy Spirit. And and by the way, as you go on through your day and you realize you're trying to do something or focus on something and you get those thoughts, I'm hungry or, hey, I better take a shower now or whatever it may be, you know, start saying no. No, I don't receive that. I silence your voice in Jesus' name. And you sit there and you refocus. And when you realize it happens again, you do it again. Because now you're taking authority over your mind. You're not surrendering authority anymore. You're standing in your position of authority. And the second thing is, and it's very common, you know, um, we were raised with Jesus, you know, or whenever we came to the Lord, it was all about Jesus. And even the Father was sort of neglected, you know. And so, you know, you pray, or, or many people know you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. 
um, you know, I want to tell you that there's a scripture that says that the way to test if a spirit is from the Lord or not is by demanding that it tells you that Jesus came in the flesh. If that spirit will not repeat that Jesus came in the flesh, cast it out. I silence you in Jesus' name. I bind you in Jesus' name. You have no further authority over my mind. I cancel any covenant pact agreement with you. I do not authorize you to continue to speak to my mind. And I revoke your authority or privilege in my mind in Jesus' name. You just took authority right back out of their hand. Now, you may have to do it time and time again, but you'll notice that they stop coming that way. And then you'll be there. There will be other things you know, that you'll have to take authority over. But your mind is, you know, Joyce Meyer says, uh, Battlefield of the Mind, her book, get it. Mm -hmm. Get it because it's going to liberate you. I mean, I read that book maybe when she first wrote it, and it's just been an amazing blessing. And the other thing is spending time with the Holy Spirit, okay? Well, you were just introduced to me. All right. You don't know me. My last name is unknown to you. You just know my name is Annie and I've spoken some truth. Well, maybe you want to speak with me tomorrow, but I'm not unavailable. Well, maybe you want to speak with me the next day and I'm unavailable. So what does that tell you? You need to make an appointment because the Holy Spirit will never be unavailable. But you've been unavailable to him throughout your life. And so now it's just making yourself available. You know, Lord, I'm intentionally going to set this time aside you know, for you, Holy Spirit. And I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no preconceived notion. Whatever you want to do is fine. I'm just here. And you're going to set yourself that time, whether it's five minutes, you know, one minute, an hour, whatever you choose, it's between you and the Lord. But you're going to separate that time. You're going to shut your phone off. You're not going to watch TV. It's time for the Holy Spirit. And you're going to welcome him. And, you know, you're going to welcome him to love you and to show you that love and to speak with you. And when you start getting those thoughts that you're busy or you'd rather eat or you're hungry or, you know, you want a sweet thing or whatever, you're going to bind and cast all that out and keep on spending time with him. And the first time he may not say anything or maybe he'll give you an amazing revelation that'll blow your socks off. But eventually you're going to develop that relationship. You know, none of us fell in love with the person that that we ended up falling in love with or out of love with uh, the first time that we met them. It was a process. And so the Holy Spirit is a process. He's been there all along. We've blown him off or we didn't know he existed. Now you know, and now you have a choice. And he's going to do nothing but love on you and be your absolute best friend. I guarantee you this. From this point forward, if you do what I'm suggesting... You will never initially, once something happens, whether positive or negative, you will not run to a friend anymore. You will run to the Holy Spirit because he will become so real in your life. I do nothing without taking him with me and and, and knowingly. You know, I confess it. Every morning I wake up, and this wasn't something that I was taught initially when I came to the Lord. It was something that the Lord witnessed, you know, through the process. But I wake up, and before I do anything... I spend time, I I make my coffee, I sit down, all lights off, and I just welcome, you know, I thank God for who he is. 
I welcome him in my life. I thank Jesus for his sacrifice. I welcome him. I thank the Holy Spirit, you know, because Jesus had to go back from where he came from before the Father would send us the Holy Spirit to indwell in us. And so, you know, I just thank him for his indwelling in me. And I thank him for his seal. It says that you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I thank him for that seal. And I spend time meditating on that. You know, what exactly does that mean? We don't know. But, you know, I welcome you. I want to know. I want to get to know you deeper. I want more of you. Look up his gifts. Ask him for all of them. What's wrong with that? You know, he's a giver of gifts. Ask him for gifts. You know, and and it says that uh, you will be followed with signs and wonders. Signs and wonders will follow you every day of your life. Lord, let your signs and wonders follow me. Let me be obedient to you. Help me to be obedient to you. You know, and as you start asking the Holy Spirit for that counsel, other things start manifesting. And all of a sudden, people will start coming to you for advice and for, you know, they'll notice something that you said that you didn't even realize, you know, and that's how you know it was the Lord. Because it really isn't us. It's all about Him. You're perfect exactly where you are, just with all the garbage and with all of the defects and with all of, you know, the, the baggage that you're carrying that you may or may not know about. He says you're perfect. That's what he says. You've been predestined and you're perfect right where you are. Now it's just a matter of bringing the rest up to par, you know, but he already gave you that. And so if you'll allow me to, I'd like to do one more thing for you. Father, I thank you. I I just thank you for the gift of who you are. I thank you for your salvation. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Father, that you loved us. I thank you that you knew us before you formed us in the womb. I thank you that you saw the end from the beginning. I thank you that every person on this call is your child your beloved, your bride, I thank you that they are washed by the blood of the Lamb. I thank you that they're from scarlet to white as snow. I thank you that they're clothed in fine linen. I thank you that they're blessed and a blessing. I thank you, Father, that right now, standing in the gap for each and every one of them, Lord, I confess, repent, and renounce of their sins, known and unknown, and I decree and declare them covered by your blood, standing in the gap for each one, Lord. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are welcomed in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your counsel. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us, even when we haven't realized it. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring back to us thoughts hidden, far removed. I thank you for the things that you've spoken of blessing into us. I thank you that you guide us, that you lead us. I thank you. I thank you that you're our best friend, even though maybe we've never told you. I thank you. I thank you that you're always in us. I thank you that our bodies are your temple. And right now we just surrender them to you. And we ask that you give us a fresh anointing. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you pour into each and every one what they need. Mm-hmm. I ask Amen. that you speak your words into them and Amen. that you bless them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And just before, before we, you just leave the court of heaven now, 
Now, um, Henderson was saying that, you know, it, it helps with more effective prayers. He said he prayed for his son for two years to come out of this depression. And while he was praying, he saw no changes. And so many of us that are praying for the ending of this eugenic program, the targeted individual program, for years will be praying. And he said he went into the Holy Ghost, gave him the court of heaven, and he changed his prayer. I think, could you, do you know what he was talking about? How did he, 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 what did he do? He went to the throne where he did the repentance, went to the throne. Um, yes. He ended up, um, as we in, all will. In other words, how to make your prayer more effective. Go ahead. Right. Well, he pled the blood of Jesus. Do you remember when Cain uh, killed Abel? Or I always mess that up, but whoever was the killer there, um, he survived, right? Because obviously he killed the other one. Right. And so, right. and it was actually Cain. And the Lord actually put a seal on him that he wouldn't be killed, that if anyone found him and tried killing him, they wouldn't be able to. And it says that Abel's blood called out or cried out. Right. And it's not it's not the only place where it talks about the blood speaking on behalf of the individuals. And so if their blood, which was inferior, cried out and the Lord heard it, how much more when the blood of Jesus cries out? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if the blood of Jesus covers our transgressions and they've been removed from us as far as the east is from the west, and cast in this, into the sea of forgetfulness, then the only thing that God sees when he looks is the blood of Jesus. But because the accuser comes, and like what we've been talking about, he comes, he drops a thought. Remember, he can't read your mind, but he can drop a thought and watch your reaction. Mm. Okay, so he can trip you up that way. And so he drops a thought and he watches and now you ate it, sink and liner. He runs up to the to the court of heaven and he says, Hey, wait a minute, she's not worthy. I have this against her, and that's a legal ground. And so now it's something against you. And he does this all the time. And so when the Holy Spirit witnesses it and you confess, repent, and renounce, and apply the blood of Jesus to that, when Satan tries to run up there and say, aha, I got her, then the father looks at Jesus, and instead of having to say, I have nothing because it's been covered by the blood, but they're not claiming it, you know, then he says, that's covered by my blood. They're innocent. The price has been paid. And so that's what gives you the authority to go, uh, you know, to claim the blood and to ask for the blood to speak on your behalf because your sins have been atoned for by the blood Mm -hmm. of Jesus. Mm -hmm. When you're walking in that and claiming that, then the legal ground is nil. It's void by the blood of Jesus. Okay. And that's what he was talking about. He learned to go in there and to claim uh, not his son, from overcoming depression, but rather taking his son in there, the the purified, sanctified son of God, and holding God to his word, to his promise. I am looking over my word to perform it. Have you ever heard that scripture? Uh Uh-uh. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's at. I can find it for you or you can Google it. I'm looking over my word to perform it. That's what God said. And mm-hmm. so you're holding him to his word. And now for his namesake and for his glory to manifest on the earth and for the purpose that he created that individual for, he'll do it for his name, for his glory, for, and for his purpose in that individual, he'll do it. He won't do it for you for the sake of you just because you want him to. But if you go in there with the right purpose in the right jurisdiction, then he has to render the, the right just verdict. That's Jeremiah so when, you say, when you say go in there, what do you mean? Go, go into the throne of, of um, the, go into the, the court of heaven? The court of heaven is a place, okay? And it is in heaven, obviously. But we enter it by faith through grace. Because we're already seated in heavenly places. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. You and I look at, at, and we look, hey, we're here on earth. My feet are on the ground. I'm in Miami. And you are wherever you are, right? That's what you're mm-hmm. seeing in the natural. But he mm-hmm. says, walk by faith and not by sight. So by faith, we're seated in heavenly places. So the walking into the court of heaven is a spiritual thing. We do it in the spirit. Just like when you're praying. The- no, right, right. no, no, no. I, I know that. I know so they're saying, go to the court of heaven in the, in the spirit realm, and then go to the throne where um, where God and Jesus is, and present your testimony, your case, whatever you're having, whatever you're struggling with. Let's say right now eugenics, right? You need uh, you need to take that into the court of heaven, right? Uh, let's say it's Miriam. Father, I present my case before you, and I thank you that you are the true and just God, right? The Lord mm-hmm. who's this and presiding over your case. Mm-hmm. I present this case before you, having asked for forgiveness. You have, you, you know, you have the atonement of the blood of Jesus. I ask that the blood of Jesus be heard here on my behalf, and that you render a just verdict and nullify. Whatever it is, in this case, the eugenics. Okay. So you walked in there with your, your, you know, your blood atonement to state a case, which is in this case eugenics, for your name and your purpose and your glory. So he's doing it for his own purpose, not for yours, not for mine. Right, right, right. Lord, I come before you to the thrones in the court of heaven, God, to bind up that eugenics program that they're, you know, harming and killing and injuring innocent people, not because I want it to be done, because it is not of your will, God. You are a God of abundance. You are a God of reproductive reproduction, and this is a program of depopulation. So, God, I present this this horrific program to you in the name of Jesus, and I ask you according to your will, according to your word, Heavenly Father, that you have put us here for abundant life, peace, love, and prosperity. This is not a program of God. I present this to you, and I ask that you exterminate, bind, dismantle, and destroy this program. Is that what you you're actually doing warfare, and we're not going in there to do warfare. You're presenting the case. So, you know, I come to you, honorable judge, and I present this case of eugenics to you. It is uh, opposition 
to your purpose and your plans for my life. I ask that you cancel and nullify this from my life for your purpose, your namesake, and based on your covenant with Abraham, of which I am a direct descendant. And I thank you that the blood of Jesus speaks on my behalf. And I ask that it speak now. And I thank you for your just verdict in Jesus' name. See, we're presenting a case. We're not arguing one. Jesus is the advocate. Okay, but when you're presenting that case, I know you mentioned earlier, as you're presenting that case, do we also say, you know, for instance, whatever the um, open doors that have caused this, you know, you repent of it? As you repent, as you're presenting that case, do you first repent of the sin that opened that door, and then say, "Hey, this is the door, and it's not according to your will because I'm a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." You know what I'm saying? What happened? Yes, I do understand, and that's part of uh, your repentance beforehand. Normally, you know, that's why I, I state that we are to seek the Holy Spirit. You know, and of mm. course, seeking the Holy Spirit is a continual thing. It's a, it's a daily thing all throughout the day. We should be in communication with the Holy Spirit. Um, right. But as the Holy Spirit, you know, there's so much in our lives. Let's yeah. face it. You know, I'm 55, but, you know, I don't know how many descendants I have. I don't know how many, you know, individuals. I don't know when my bloodline came about. I can't tell you the exact moment, and I'm sure none of us can either. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit, little by little, will start giving us revelation. So, you know, whatever it is that brought that, if you're fighting eugenics, then whatever it is that came against that, I can tell you. Let's let's look at this real quick, okay? What causes death? Death can be murder, it can be abortion, it can be suicide, all right? Anything that kills the blood within your lineage, whatever those things are, I would repent of those sins. Because eugenics is a form of death. So the spirit of death is on assignment in your life because someone killed someone or they killed themselves or they killed their own child or whatever the case may be. And so by repenting of death in any way, shape, or form off, you know, in your, in your lineage, then that's it. That blood has been atoned for. Wow. Okay. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Actually, by the way, that was Jeremiah one twelve in terms of uh, I, uh, you have seen well I'm looking over I am my watching heart. over my word to perform it. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to mention, you know, I know Miriam and you were talking about the courts of heaven, but I just want to reiterate, you did say that before we even get into the courts of heaven, you should go to Open Your Book by Robert Henderson. Is that correct? Yes, because Open Your Book is going to give you wisdom and revelation as to how to request that that book be open. And he does a powerful uh, prayer in the end of each teaching that you can just align with and confess right along with him. And so, you know, it's not a guessing game. It's done. And I actually already wrote both of them out. So I have the teaching written, and I'm going to send them to Miriam so that she can make that available to you on both. Open your book in the court of heaven. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I was about to ask about that too. About no, I was about to ask about uh whether or not do you have a like a personal ministry? Yes, it's his his Bethel Ministries. His Bethel Ministry? Yes. Okay. But you're not wow. on the internet, right? I'm on Facebook and we're working on the webpage. Right. Her ministry is for the um go ahead, tell her about your ministry. It's for the incarcerated, am I correct? Yes. It's a prison oh, ministry. Wow. And, and the um, reason she knows about the TI stuff because someone she's interceding for, they're gassing him. Yeah. Yeah. Am I correct? Wow. Yes. Uh there's a gentleman that is in solitary confinement. Let me just tell you he's been in jail for over twenty five years and wow. uh the maximum sentence for what they should have sentenced him for if they would have found him guilty, which they didn't, um, would have been eight years. Instead, they've given him 200 years, and he's the only Christian involved in that entire thing. And uh, his name actually means savior and missionary, and he's a strong believer. And he, he had been, you know, away from the Lord, and during this time, ever since they incarcerated him, he had been doing uh, Bible studies and uh, all kinds of teachings and, you know, bringing people into the knowledge of Christ and uh, getting them to repent of their sins, et cetera, et cetera. And three years ago, they stuck him in solitary confinement. And in the last year, uh, I came back into his life because I've known him my whole life. And um, I've known him ever since I was 10 years old. And they actually... What, what were you, you went to school together or something? He was my sister's friend, childhood friend. So we've known each other for many years. Oh. And, yeah. And um, one of the things that's happened ever since I started writing to him and ministering uh, in deeper, uh, you know, because he was raised again, like what we were talking about, not without the knowledge of the Holy Spirit as we know him now, right? And so throughout all this year, the Lord has been ministering the Holy Spirit and a lot of other things, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, et cetera, et cetera, and causing an awakening, a deeper awakening. And they started gassing him. They started um, uh shutting off the phones when he's talking they've been uh withholding letters so that we don't receive them and he doesn't receive ours they um they've been doing all kinds of interceptions so i encourage you if you're led his name is salvador and uh, pray for him and and just you know we're decreeing and declaring that he is free in jesus name because jesus came to set the captives free you know, and some of us are mental captives, others of us are physical captives, and that's just where it's at, you know, that's the reality of it. And um, and so that's where we're at with him, is seeking freedom, that he may be, you know, uh, restored to the land of the living, okay. and uh, giving life to dry bones, because we know, I actually know, I feel in my heart that his Bethel Ministries will be something I hand off and he continues. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Well, you know, um, some of us are prisoned behind a cell, and some of us are, you know, Satan has found ways to imprison us even outside of cells. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think with many of us who are part of this targeted individual program, 
that's where Satan has found his way of imprisoning us somehow outside of a cell. But I think what you're sharing is so valuable, more valuable than anything, you know. Um, By the way, I wanted to mention to you, when this first started happening to me, I would say about nine years ago, um, I would say within the first couple of years or so, I know what you you were talking about when you mentioned Katie Souza, because yeah. I got some uh, CDs of hers. But the thing is, at the time, I don't think I was really spiritually there to even receive it, because she goes into some really deep stuff. I haven't yeah. seen her, you know, and I was like, wow, just blown away, but, you know, all of these other things that you're mentioning, I think that has to, like, come first in terms of, you know, these generational curses and, you know, just really spending time with the Holy Spirit before you get to the level that in terms of a lot of the things that she's talking about. So, um, but, yeah, I am familiar with her. And I did, she was one of the first CDs, uh, one of the first few CDs that I purchased because I, I mean, although I didn't really understand the things of the Spirit because I really didn't get that in church, I don't know, because I do know that I am part of the kingdom of God, I knew that this is a spiritual battle. I just didn't really know what that meant in terms of how to fight it because I was never really prepared or taught that way. Like you said, I I know about God. I know about Jesus. The Holy Spirit has always been something that I really didn't, I mean, I just knew it was like the third part of the Trinity for the most part. You know what I mean? I just Mm -hmm. didn't know who the Holy Spirit is, and I'm still trying to find that out. But like you said, too, just coming before him and pouring myself out and being serious and just doing away with all of the distractions and all of the things that bind and say, you know what, I just want you and that's it. I don't want anything else. Turn off my computer, turn off, you know, the cell phone and everything else and just spend time. So this is good and uh, I thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, And hopefully... And any more questions? Of, just um, um, Macy... And Macy, anybody else? Uh, uh, and Angelica, any questions? Pardon me? Did you ask and, a question? Um, yeah, yes, I yes. would. Ahead, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering Angelica. if you would uh, put the uh, Facebook um, link up to Miriam. Get the Facebook link from this lady. The Facebook is Oh his, no, I can't. I can't his, take it right now. Oh, okay. All right. Could you, you send text it, it to me, Anna, to, and then I'll send yeah. it to Angelica. I'll send it to you in your email, Angelica. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. This is really great. I, you know, I mean, I I wish that um, you could. I my problem is a little bit different. I you know uh, I have these stalkers that go around. Yeah, we want to focus on praying more fervently, though. That that's that's really you know what I you know just how do we get more effective prayers? But I, I'm, well, I'm a, I'm a it's very hard when you have these people 
constantly sitting there accusing you of things that you didn't do. Yeah, well, then heaven's doing that. That's why we're trying to learn how to... Hold on a yeah, minute. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're being, you're being accused of things that you didn't do? Yeah. Okay, that's actually an easy one because uh, you're dealing directly with the spirit of, a, of the accuser, so you already know who that is. So you take yeah, that I right do. before you take that right before uh, the court of heaven, and you're not going to bother uh, even describing the things that they're accusing you of. You're just going to let you know you're going to plead your case based on the fact that you're being accused unjustly, and so right. um, you know you plead the blood of Jesus, and but then also that's really a spirit of persecution. You need to look that up. That's a spirit of persecution. I guarantee you that throughout your life, probably ever since you were a little girl, you've been wrongly accused or you've been blamed for yeah. different things. And, um, yeah, that's a spirit of persecution. You need to come against it. You need to bind it. You need to curse it at the roots. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Uh, maybe you, your parents, either your mother or your father, blamed you for things constantly. And, well, what um, happened was uh, they were... Um, they were uh, horribly punishing my brother, and I couldn't. I so I took the onus of that, and uh, so it. I guess it became a part of my uh, personality. Okay, so let's break That's that off. That's what happened, you. You and I don't know how to remove it because you know we're all adults now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i not living near my brother anymore. And um, the way that the way that it actually manifested was really terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just don't know how to. Uh, so you go. I, I really need this information because I need to remove this from myself. Okay, but wait, we we can remove that now, okay? We're not going to wait for that. Let's remove that now. Let's take authority over that right now, all right? Uh, Okay, you give me authority to pray for you? Yes. Please. Okay, I'm going to pray for you first, and then we're going to pray together, okay? Father, I give you praise, honor, and glory for your revelation. I thank you, Lord, that as you speak through us, Lord, as we yield to you and the vessels, you constantly bring new revelation, and we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you love us so much, that you never leave us where we're at, that you take us by the hand, and that you walk us through things, that we may walk out of darkness, and we welcome your light. In the name and by the blood of Jesus, I lift Angelica to you right now, Lord. I thank you, Father, that as a child, when she saw abuse, she didn't stay silent. You know, it's funny, as a matter of fact, uh, Miriam and I were talking about something earlier, and actually maybe it was Nancy and um, you know hold on a minute let me read something to you I know it's around here somewhere are you putting on that uh, t-shirt no let me have that Um, I was uh, telling someone this morning that I have this and I want to read it to you because there's a reason for it it actually says the greatest tragedy is not the brutality of evil people but rather the silence of the good people Mm. And you need to receive that in your spirit right now mm. because when you did a rising uh, against authority, because think about it, as children, our authority figures are our mother and father. You arose against authority 
on behalf of your brother who was being severely beaten. And so that spirit of persecution and uh, really death, it's death of your purpose, came against you so that you wouldn't materialize. Because see, what happens is that you arose in your rightful uh, ministry. You're a speaker on behalf of the oppressed. And as a child, you just did the natural thing, which was to walk into your anointing. And Satan uh, uh, oppressed it came against you because he tried to silence the voice. Okay, so Father, we just thank you for that revelation, Lord God, of your part of your purpose and your plans for Angelica to be the voice of those that are silenced. We thank you, Lord God, that she is not part of the ones that see evil and stay quiet, but rather that she saw it and came against it. And so we thank you for advocacy in Angelica. And I lift her up right now that, that everything come into perspective, right perspective, godly perspective, blessings, that it may flow with power and love and anointing. And I decree and declare that I take my rightful authority and curse that assignment at the roots. You have no legal ground against her. She's covered by the blood of Jesus. She did nothing wrong. She stood up for her brother and you have no further authority against and we revoke that authority now. I cancel it in the name of by the blood of Jesus. I bind Satan, strong men on assignment, rulers, powers, authorities, principalities, wicked spirits in, a, in uh, high places, according to Ephesians 6. And I bind the spirit of persecution and the spirit of death that has come against her. In the name of by the blood of Jesus, I bind the accuser. I bind you, Satan, up and down your chain of command and all your minions. And I forbid this ministry to continue against Angelica. I order you to cease and desist your actions against Against her, your ministry against her, and remove your tentacles. You are bound and cast out. And Father, I ask that you send your heavenly host to arrest them and to remove them from this region in Jesus' mighty name. I loose you, Angelica. I cover you with the blood of Jesus from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And I decree and declare you loosed in Jesus' name. I loose your mind. I loose your eyes. I loose your ears. I loose you entirely and completely in the name and by the blood of Jesus. And I bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, Angelica. Bless you. Bless Amen. you. Amen. I think Macy had a question. Oh Macy? Thank you. Macy? Yes, yes. It was wonderful. Thank you so very much, the speaker. It was awesome. And thank you, Miriam. This was my beautiful walk that I had a few minutes. Uh, and uh, I am... A, I feel I was just blessed uh, tremendously. It just opened my eye to something much bigger in, in the realm of uh, the divine of Jesus Christ. Thank you so very much, my dear. I've been going You're very welcome. Yeah, I've been going through hell. Hell, um, Miriam knows, when you take steps against this uh, dark entity, what happens to you? It's not, it's not stopping, and this helped me. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Angelica, I want to bring you back for a second. I want you to repeat after me. Are you there? Are you there? Angelica? Yeah, hello. Okay, there she is. Angelica, I want you to repeat after me, okay? And what we're doing now is realignment with God. Let me just tell you why this is important. You arose as a Jesus figure in your, in your brother's life. 
And that is the role that we're to play. Okay, we are imitators of Christ, and you were doing what he would have done. And so I want you to repeat after me. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. For the role that you've given me. For the role that you've given me. In my brother's life as a child. In my brother's life as a child. As advocate. An advocate. And I cancel. I cancel. The retribution. The retribution. And all forms of retaliation. And all forms of retaliation. And I receive your blood covering. And I receive your blood covering. And ask that your blood speak on my behalf. And ask that your blood speak in my behalf. Thank you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. I don't even know your name. I came in a little bit late. Hello. That's okay. My name is Anna. They call me oh. Annie, but it doesn't even matter. And, and let oh, me just tell you guys how I met her because she's not a TI. I'm with a law group, but I was so furious with that um, radiation truck that I found in my mother's building. You know, I, I went. I went to the law group. I said, I gotta let people that. You know, I gotta. I, I gotta let other people see this stuff. You know, and she immediately wrote me and she said, "Wow, Miriam, this is." Um, she just knew. She just knew. Well, she knew about the TI program too, and she read my materials. So, you know, and I, I said, you know, I gotta call this woman, and I decided to call her. So, um, and when we talked, she was, you know, just so. Um, blessed in the word of God and well knowledgeable and, and then when she started with the court of heaven I was like and then, then the guy she referred me to he's like your prayers are not being heard well how about learning how, <laughs> how about learning how to you know appeal to the court of heaven the you know the appropriate way now my, my quick question I, I, I appreciate all the time you give what, you said when I was praying before, it, you don't go to the court of heaven under spiritual warfare? What exactly do you mean by that? Like, Okay, spiritual warfare is what I just did on behalf of Angelica, okay? Uh, I'm engaging the enemies and I'm binding their power so that they have no further authority over her right now, right? Standing in the gap for her. Well, what happens is that when we're when we're arguing about something, when we're presenting something, like all the facts of everything that's happened, um, yes, you're to do that to a certain extent in the court of heaven. But when you're giving him, um, like, let's say we're going back and forth with that issue, that's spiritual warfare. When we're uh, invoking different things, that's spiritual warfare. When we're presenting a case, we give the facts, and then we ask for a verdict. Because the accuser already did his part. It's not like a prosecutor that we're going to go back and forth. You know, the accuser already went in there and pled a case against us. That's why we're there to begin with. We're just going in there to present the blood of Jesus and the fact that we've repented and he has no legal ground. So therefore, you, Lord, of course, Father, you, Lord, as judge, render a verdict based on your purpose for my life, based on your namesake, and based on your covenant agreements. 
And that nullifies everything because the blood of Jesus already did the work. So we're just asking him to render that verdict favorably for his name's sake, for his purposes. All right. Can I, can I, I just need to, I want to get, try and do an example because now, you know, I told you they're assaulting my legs with the radiation and I used to run. I used to work out, you know, extensively, and I want this demon spirit to get off of my legs, my, you know, my upper thighs. So I would say, you know, Lord, I come before you, Heavenly Father, um, regarding this assault on my legs. I come okay, to this moment. Let's, let's deal with something else real quick. Okay, mm-hmm. so the attack has been on your legs. Okay, what do we do with our legs? We walk, we run, we exercise. They carry us places. Okay, so... What could our legs have been used for in the past that maybe opened a legal ground somewhere? Uh, was anyone a stripper? Was anyone doing anything that you, you know? know I, was trying, I was I was trying to figure that out. I was like, Lord, my legs. I don't even go to bad places. I mean, no, honestly. I mean, mm-mm. no, no. I'm not saying you. I'm mm-hmm. saying maybe someone in the past could have opened you know doors regarding our legs. We don't know what it is, right? So the, the vascular system. Well, I mean, it's not just me. I mean, radiation induces vascular injuries. That that's just part of the demonic attack right now. But are there legal grounds? Are there legal grounds to 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 enforce this? No. I mean, it's just it's it's an it's an automatic thing. Radiation leads to induced vascular injuries. No, I understand that, Miriam. But the legal ground has nothing to do with the natural. Okay, first there is a legal ground, and then that's what Satan used against you when he went into the court and, you know, was able to do this. So, but, but let me ask you, how, how, even if, even just by the fact that radiation induces vascular injuries, whether there's legal ground or not, unless God gives you an answer of shielding, I mean, you're going to, they're going to be, you know, you're going to, the, the injuries are going to take place. Well, but this is the thing. Somehow he got authority to bring this attack, whether it was without foundation that God rendered you, hey, test my servant, or whether it is a legal ground. So since we don't know, we bring this to the Holy Spirit and ask for revelation. And then we just confess. We have no idea where this came from. I don't know if anyone in my family sinned. I don't know if they sinned what they sinned with regarding their legs. But I lift this to you and I confess, repent, and renounce all sins, all generations, curses, any and all sins that had to do with uh, cardiovascular. And I cover them with the blood of Jesus. I confess, repent, and renounce because that's what the word says, repent, uh, repent, renounce, so that you're no longer bound to that. And then covering it in the blood is a debt payment. So so now the payment has been paid in full. And then now you walk in there because they have nothing against you. See, you know, the premise for that, let me just mention this. The premise for that is a scripture that says, if anyone has anything against you, speak to them on the way to court so that the matter may be settled. So here we're settling it. Okay, we're not going to, you know, ask Satan for anything, and he's the accuser. So we're just going to level it right away. Take back the authority by confessing, repenting, and renouncing. Apply the blood of Jesus, and now I can walk into the throne room because 
the blood of Jesus has already been applied. You know, I don't know what it was, but I'm just going to cover that ground. You know, now if in time the Holy Spirit gives you revelation of something, you can confess, repent, and renounce it. But right now, I'm going to, whatever it is, if it's your arm, if it's your leg, if it's your neck, if it's your, you know, whatever the attack is in, whatever, you know, if you get revelation, great. If you don't have revelation, you can still come. That's my point. I don't want you not to think, you know, I don't want you to think that you can't bring it because you don't know what it is. No, 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 no. Bring it and confess the truth. I'm clueless. Here I am. Um, you know, humbling myself before you. I don't know what this is, but I surrender it to you. I ask you for forgiveness for whatever it is that my family lineage opened the door to. And I confess and repent and renounce and I apply the blood of Jesus. And that's as simple as it gets. I'm not saying, listen, don't use that as a scapegoat. The Holy Spirit wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And it's going to be a mind-blowing heart-filling relationship, don't rip yourself off of it. But in the meantime, God gives you a way so that you don't have to tolerate the pain and the hardship that comes from, you know, any of these programs. So that's all I'm saying. And as he gives you revelation to walk into it, none of us know everything, you know, walk into it as he shows you. That's the only thing that I'm saying. That's worked for me in the past. When I've had an issue, whether it's a leg or whether it's whatever, I've repented. If I've done anything myself that has brought this about, I mm. ask you for revelation. But in the meantime, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to hold on to this just because I don't know what it is, you know. And I keep seeking for it. That's all. That's the only thing I'm saying. But when I walk into the throne room, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. When I walk into the courtroom of heaven, I'm mm. going to present whatever it is. I'm being accused or I'm being attacked or I'm being, this is what it is. I lay it before you for your purpose and your plans to come upon my life to be made manifest. I ask that you rule favorably with your in your jurisdiction that I may walk out of here with your purpose and your plans manifesting in my life. Mm. Amen. Okay. Thank you. That, that, yeah. That helps out a lot, gives a little clarity. And yeah. and do you have any questions? Or anybody else? And um I I'm just hoping that somehow you can come back, you know. Uh <laughs> I think this is just I mean, this is something that I know I need and I don't know. I kind of also wonder, and this might be asking too much, and let me know if it is, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, is there a way to maybe somehow talk to you one-on-one in terms of, because, I mean, obviously I, I do have certain things I'd like to ask, and, you know, I don't want to take up too much time in terms of the call, and I know you've got other things to do. So I was wondering if there's a way to even perhaps maybe do some sort of a one-on-one or something individual where I can address some of these issues because there's still some questions that I have. So, And if you want to do that, um, have Miriam send you a text with my number. I think that you okay. guys have it, but, you know, you can ask her. And then text me, and I'll let you know when I have, uh, you know, tell me more or less how much time you think you'll need, and I'll okay. tell you when I have the time available, we'll work it that way. 
Sounds great. I appreciate that. That that's more than I mean, <laughs> I'm just grateful and I thank you so much cuz there's a lot for me. I mean, I know things open doors, things that I have not even really thought about. And you know, I just want to get a handle on these things because it's wreaked havoc and just about every area. And, and, and it, in, it, in addition, in addition to that, just dealing with the TI program, you know, um, right. you know that's a lot. But but we're gonna let her go. Let, let's say prayers. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pray, and then Camille's a good prayer warrior, and Macy, if you'd like to pray, Angelica, whoever else. God, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for our sister Anna. God, we ask you to bless her from head to toe. Heavenly Father, give give her your desires to do your work, to expand the kingdom of God on earth, Heavenly Father, to do God's work. God, we thank you for her anointing. We thank you for her information and knowledge. We thank you, God, for a spirit of compassion, a spirit of concern to, to give us the time to to share some of the wealth of knowledge that she has had revealed to her through the Holy Spirit, God. God, we just thank you that there is a court of heaven, Heavenly Father, because we know that the devil is a deceiver and that that courtroom that we have today was developed from biblical teachings, even the court of heaven. It was designed from the court of heaven with the judge, the verdict, the testimonies, and all of that, we come against the accusations of Satan in the name of Jesus that tries yes. to go to the court of heaven and appeal to God to tell him that we deserve any wrongdoing. God, I bring this leg problem in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. I repent anything that I have done to open up the, the doors to any type of uh, uh, leg problems for this demon to do this in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God, I come before you. I, I use, I plead the blood of Jesus to come against every accusation Satan has made to feel that I, he has a legal right to my legs in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus against those accusations and I stand on my testimony to the most high God that I have a job on this earth that I seek, I desire, and I want to complete my assignment, God. And I thank you for every door, God, that you have opened to allow me to move forward in my assignment. God, I give you praise and glory, Heavenly Father. I exalt your name. I magnify you. I glorify you. I thank you, God, for everything you have done and all that you're going to do. God, I thank you for my prayer warriors on this line, Heavenly Father. I thank you for this community, TIs, targeted individuals, God. I thank you for those that are praying. I thank you, God, though, for those that are using this program to acknowledge that this program is a program designed to punch the devil in the eye. This program will make you better or bitter. And, God, I thank you that we've chosen to use this program to make us better, to look at every curse that can be broken and turned around to a blessing, to use these testings and these, 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 these things that we go through to develop our relationship with God even stronger, to complete the assignment. God, I thank you to some extent that you use this program to not let us gallivant across this earth and just do the hula hoo is what we wanted and just chase that money and get that big, beautiful house and that car. And that's it to life. And when the devil come at, across you, you have nothing. 
So, God, I thank you and I praise you that what the devil meant for bad, you're using for good, Heavenly Father. And, God, I give a special prayer for all of our vulnerable population, our babies, our children, the Heavenly Father, and our elders, that you cover them from head to toe, God, against the, the schemes of Satan, and no attack will come, come to them through the blood of Jesus Christ. God, I praise your name. I thank you for each prayer warrior here, and I ask that you bless them. And I ask you, Heavenly Father, to just bless my sister Anna for sharing her information and knowledge with us. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, Camille? Okay. Dearly beloved Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for this time. And yes, Father, I thank you for Anna, Father. I am beyond words grateful to and for you, Father, for just her, Father, and all that you have revealed to her, Father. I mean, based on just listening to her story, it's an example of your might and your power, Father, and the fact that you truly are in control, Father. I mean, her sharing her story that not even knowing how to read or being a a high school dropout, Father, that, you know, you've supernaturally given her the gifts that you have given her. And I thank you for putting it on her heart to want to share them with the rest of us, Father. Because these are things, Father, that are so hidden that we don't know, especially those of us who go into churches who want to know more about you and about Jesus. I mean, there's a, a, a area missing in terms of the Holy Spirit, and that's why there's so many of us who call ourselves Christians or who have so many issues and we don't know what to do. I mean, we're told to pray about them, Father, and we should always pray, but, you know, just really having fellowship with the Holy Spirit and knowing how to repent and knowing how to come before the court of heaven, Father, these are things that are not taught, Father. So I thank you for putting it on Anna's heart to share this with us, Father. And I just continue to pray that you use her in a mighty and powerful way. And that not only as she, you know, you putting it on her heart to show this to us, but that we turn around and we share it with others as well as we become perfected yeah. in it, Father. And I give you the honor, the worship, the praise, and the glory, Father. Yes, I pray for each and every one of us, Father. I truly pray that we repent of, you know, Miriam talked about our sins. Yes, our sins, but also help us to remember to repent for the sins of our bloodline, Father, because these mm-hmm. are things that we don't know in terms of what uh, our, our heritage, our lineage has done. Things that have probably, as Anna mentioned, have brought shame to so many people were they feel like they can't talk about it. And, you know, we come from a world where people put on airs and, you know, you know, they put on masks in terms of who they are and keep those that darkness hidden. And then we wonder why there are things going on in our lives, not realizing that hidden sin. As the scriptures talk about, you know, how um, it goes down to a thousand generations in terms of, the sins of the Father, Father. 
and many of us are experiencing that. So I pray that we repent not only of our sins, but of the sins of our her, our lineage, Father. And that we, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of those sins, Father. And that, you know, we are walking uprightly before you. And that we, yes, we open that book and we know the plans and the purposes, the will and the destiny that you have for our lives and that we fulfill it, Father. So I pray for each and every one of us on this call. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us, Father. I pray that we don't have any open doors where we allow Satan to come in and basically devour us because his plans are to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So I pray that we close each and every door, each and every window, each and every area where Satan would come in and that we are obedient that we live righteous before you, that we are fulfilling the plans, the purposes, the will, and the destinies you have for our lives, that we're covered by the blood of Jesus, we're protected, Father, that no harm comes to and or near us, Father, and that we impact the lives of others for Jesus and for you and your kingdom, Father. I pray that we seek you, as the scriptures say, love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. I pray for each and every targeted individual, each and every person who is hurting, Father, and that we, if we don't know Jesus, we come to know Jesus and you, and we give our lives over totally and completely to the kingdom of heaven. I give you all thanksgiving, honor, worship, praise, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anne, Anne you yes. want to pray? Or Macy? Macy, do you want to pray? I'll pray. Father, I give you all glory, honor, and praise, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are sovereign. I thank you, Lord, that you're awakening each and every one of us, Lord, into deeper truths, Father. I thank you that you leave us not where we are. I thank you that you always come back and that you always, always enlighten always give us a breath of fresh air and Lord that you unite us that you've you've made like a string from each and every one of us Lord uniting us and I thank you God that we come to you in spirit and in truth Father I ask for more revelation upon each and every one of us I ask God that you help each with understanding including myself Lord Father we ask you God that the lessons that you desire for us to to reach Lord the level of understanding that you have for us in this apportioned time, that you would make it known and that, Lord, that you would make it easy for us to grasp that we may run in the direction that you've already set aside for us. I bless each woman on this call. I bless their families. I bless their womb. I bless their children and heirs to a thousandth generation. I cover each and every one with your blood, and I decree and declare them saved, healed, delivered, set free, and victorious. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 There's Amen. another Thank girl named Anne that usually prays. Anne? Anne and Macy. Okay. Maybe. Angelica? Anybody else, rather? I don't want to put anybody on the spot. But we thank God. No, just for clarification, um, Anna, you said you 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 didn't finish high school, but you went back to school. What exactly was that? No, I didn't go back to school. I dropped out half in ninth, half in tenth grade, and I never went back to school. The Lord taught me. 
get out of here. You didn't get a degree? Yeah. No, no, see, that, that, I'm sorry. That's what really, I mean, stuff like that blows me away because it shows that it's totally God. No, the same you know with God I mean? will definitely take you further on this earth. Yeah. So why didn't you, what happened? You got pregnant? Oh, no. I just hated school. Um, there was a block. There was a mind uh, block. I couldn't understand what was being taught. I was being summoned into darkness. I wanted to, you know, I was uh, into the things of the world, and I wanted to run off in my own direction and be my own boss. And uh, I came to the Lord when I was 13. And then... Well, um, how, how did you learn how to do the legal work? Because you said you've done some lawsuits and stuff. I learned law uh, by the grace of God. I was in a custody battle for, I think, 12 years. And the Lord taught me uh, (laughs) the ropes of the court and how to write motions and how to plead my case and how to state my case and how to stand, uh, fight jurisdictional matters and just whatever it was, it was the Lord. I'm not taking any credit at all for it. You Uh, You didn't finish high school and you know what jurisdiction is? The Lord knows. Wow. Wow. I've heard heard of stories like that, and, I mean, it just always blows me away uh, just how God is able to work. I mean, I've heard of people who say, you know, I never, I didn't know how to read until one day the Lord showed me how to read. And I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, I love seeing. So what what was your occupation, Anna, then? You were a housewife or a mother? Well, I've been a mother, I've been a housewife, I've been all. Um, this is what happened. Uh, I was a spelling bee winner uh, all through school, so I knew how to spell. But when I realized that there was something wrong very early, because let's say, for instance, the teacher would give an assignment and everyone would get to work, and I would feel lost. It was like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? I didn't understand what she said, or I didn't understand the lesson. And I remember, do you think do you think it was more so the English barrier because of you know your Spanish or what? No, because I spoke English already back then. It was um it was just a comprehension thing. I just didn't get it. And um, I noticed that now looking back, like for instance, when they were teaching the clock, anything that had multiple things within the same teaching, like for instance, the clock, you know, the the hour hand and the second hand, it was confusing. I didn't get it. Multiple steps in one teaching, forget it. It, it I got lost. And then um, a situation happened where I was literally in solitary with the Lord. The Lord moved me and, and blessed me with a different uh, city away from my family. And during that time, um, he just started unlocking my mind. He gave me books. I'll tell you that there was one book in particular. It was Tough Times Never Last, But Tough People Do by Robert Schuller. And that book, and um, there was... Wait a minute. Tough Times Never Never Last, But Tough People Do? Yes, by Robert Schuller. That book did something 
that I could literally feel like if the blood of Jesus was going into different locks in my mind and just unlocking them. It was just the most amazing thing I have ever experienced. After that, I just, I had never finished a book in my life. No matter how much I tried, it was like there was always something pushing me back. And once I read that book and, and books by Napoleon Hill, I just started inhaling them. It was like, I just couldn't read fast enough. Those books, just did something to my mind. They were full of scripture and it was, and I had been reading the word, but those books in particular did something that I can't ever put my finger on, but the Lord used them in such a mighty way that he set my mind free. And from that point forward, it's been a continual process of retraining and learning and learning more and just never, he gave me a hunger for, for learning and I encourage you guys to seek a teachable spirit because what will happen is that he will make you an expert in a field that you know nothing of. And it's all for his glory. That's the only way. I, I became a real estate investor and I did that for years. I would buy uh, houses that were either in foreclosure or had already been foreclosed or pre-foreclosure or just abandoned homes, whatever. I would look for real estate that, would, that had some sort of depreciation on it and I would rehab them and uh, sell them. And so that's really been my favorite business that I've ever had. Um, other than that, I've been involved in other businesses. I've owned other businesses, but in reality, I can tell you that's been the business that I like the most. Um, but the Lord has continually separated me onto him. Um, I said in the beginning, I have a gifting for writing. Once you start seeing some of the things you'll know, my gifting in reality is emptying myself a vessel for his use. A lot of people don't understand what that means. And if you don't understand what that means, I want to tell you because that means that you want to be that. There's nothing more honorable in life than becoming an empty vessel for his use. And what that means is that I purposely seek him to remove everything that I am and that, that's based on the scripture that I decrease so that he may increase. I seek him constantly that I may decrease so that he will increase. And so he starts changing your mindset. He starts changing the way you see things. He starts bringing repentance in a way that the minute that words come out of your mouth and you, you just know that, you know that, you know that that was definitely wrong. And instantly you start repenting and it starts liberating you, you know? And so you're able to do deeper things. And that's really the only thing it's about. And so I just encourage you to seek him to empty you a vessel for his use, because that's the only purpose that that's the only way that you're going to do whatever purpose he created you for. Wow. That's amazing. I can't believe I thought you had like, like, you know, PhD, Papa had dough and the whole nine, the shebang. And, you know, wow, you, you did not finish school. That's amazing. You know, I'll tell you what was really funny. Um, when I started real estate investing, I would sit with um, my attorney. His name's Ira. I would sit down with him and I would tell him what to do. And he would say, well, we can't do that. And I said, of course we can. You just need to find a way. We're going to do this, this, and this, and you're going to do it. And he, 
And he'd say, well, you don't understand. And I'd say, no, I don't think you understand. I'm doing it. The Lord said it. You're going to figure it out, and we're gone. And so he'd call me back a couple of days later, and he'd be like, all right, I figured it out. We're good. (laughs) And then if you probably had the limitations of being educated in a formal program, like a law program, you you know, they'd have put these constraints on you where you'd have been exactly. like, well, the law says we can't do that, so we can't do that. So, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I then I'll tell you what, that. We, we started driving together to court because we had a couple of cases pending. So he'd tell me, hey, pick me up. Uh, you know, I want to chat with you on the way up. And now... You know, he's not the best groomed person in the world, and so he'd be a little messy, and I'd be telling him, straighten your tie, do your hair, you know, whatever, and we'd be laughing on the way to court. But the Lord would use that time, those 45 minutes from his house to the court, to minister to him. And he was so intrigued, you know, well, um, you know, Christians feel this way, and, you know, how do you see that? And then he'd give me the floor. And so... The Lord used those, you know, three or four years to just minister to this man who is a highly intelligent, Jewish, um, wonderful human being. And then he, he was going away on vacation and he told me one day, he said, you know, you know more about foreclosures and the entire process than some of the attorneys I know. He said, I teach a course in the university, get this. I teach a course in the university, and I'd like for you to teach it while I'm gone. And I said, well, how much do they pay? And he said, $40 an hour. I said, $40 an hour? I'm not teaching it for that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. He was going to have you teach at the university, and he didn't even know your qualifications? No, he knew. He knew that you... He knew he was a high school dropout. He said that I was uh, that that didn't matter. That there's some people that get educated through school, and there's others that get self-educated, and that the ones that get self-educated typically have more knowledge than those that are educated in the university. And so, well, that 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 that's how I met you because I believe in the, the sorry the um, pro se think tank. You know, that's how I met all of these these other people. Yeah, right. So, you know, that was that was in in, uh, real estate law. And then I had um, I had just started with real estate, but the Lord showed me the way that that he was going to make me profitable was to offer my services for free. So I put an ad out on Craigslist and in the newspaper offering uh, 10 free uh, loan modifications and short sales. And so people came and I did their service, whatever. And uh, some of them ended up selling their houses to me and most of them ended up assigning their houses. So I took over property for $10. And one of the things that the Lord did through that was introduce me to my sisters are real realtors. And at the time they were fresh, they had just pretty much started. And uh, one of them was doing a deal and the seller never disclosed that it was a short sale. So when we came time to close, the deal almost fell apart because they needed additional time and so on and so forth. And the bank didn't want to grant it. So my sister called me and she said, Hey, I have this. And if we don't close in three days, I'm going to lose the deal. Can you save it? And I said, I don't know. I need the specifics. So I went, I met with a seller. He disclosed everything. And I, you know, I went back to the bank and I presented the case and the bank negotiated with me and we closed in 24 hours. So the broker, uh, my sister's broker called me and said, Hey, I have 20 realtors in here and they don't know anything regarding short sales and I need to close more deals. Will you come in and do a teaching? So I went in and I taught realtors how to do short sales. 
Wow, wow. that's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think you many times when, No. Right. I think many times when uh, it, it's better when God teaches you than when you're taught by the world. I mean, the <laughs> fact of the matter is they, they always talk, tell, uh, they always say that people who are, like, say, millionaires or those who really become very wealthy tend to be people who have two years of college or less. So I think Who's sometimes speaking right more now? Ed- that's that's Camille. Camille. Who? Camille? Camille, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Camille. I received that. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. I mean, that, what I'm telling you, that is absolutely true, that those who become super wealthy, like even people like the Bill Gates, Bill Gates, I think yes. he dropped out of Harvard. So, I mean, these are people who generally have two years of college or less. Right. Those are people who, because well, they tend I, to be people who are more creative. Uh, they're not brainwashed by the system, you know, in terms of, and also, I mean, think about it. Education teaches you how to go out and get a job. Exactly. It teaches you how to work within the system. Right, exactly. How, how so, to work for somebody else when you should be learning how to work for yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And even some of the ministries I've dealt with, I remember there was a ministry in there, or some show I was listening, they were constantly telling their uh, lawyers, you're useless. Every time they said they wanted to do something, they were like, we can't do it because of this. We can't. Finally, the ministries were waking up and saying, you know what? Our lawyers are useless. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you never take no for an answer, no matter who's saying it, never. And, and, if and if they're associated with the bar exam, that's it. You know, they're like, that license limits them from doing any type of representation for anybody. For many reasons. Yeah, I'm sorry, I cut you. I just had to say that, though. You know, no, that's okay. Right, And the real freedom is self-education, learning on your Absolutely. own. Yeah. Well, and because you don't really. That's part of why. Let me just say real quick that that's part of why the Holy Spirit is hidden, because as long as the Holy Spirit is on the back burner, then you have to go to your pastor, you have to go to intercessors, or you have to you have to go. But once once you're introduced and you welcome the Holy Spirit, you're not going anywhere. Because you have the best teacher in the world, the best counselor, the best everything right there within you, not even next to you, within you. All you got to do is just access him by going to him in your spirit. And that's it. The answers will come. He's not going to block you. He's not going to deny you. He's going to give you what you seek. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. So the churches, and I'm not knocking any church, but the churches that are not looking for the indwelling, the filling, and the anointing of the Spirit. They're not giving the Holy Spirit free reign within their congregations. The reason that they limit it is for power, control and power, manipulation. And the Lord says that manipulation is as the sin the of, witchcraft. of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, who who's behind it all? The Antichrist. And so once you come into the awakening that you need more, that you seek more, and you come to the realization that you don't know how to get it, then the Lord will bring you a teaching that will awaken you. It has nothing to do with the person giving the teaching. We're just obedient servants. It has to do with the Lord hearing your cry and bringing it. That's all it is. Anna, 
Anna, are you then saying that if the Holy Spirit were to truly have rule and reign in the churches and in the lives of Christians that you mean pastors might actually be out of a job? Yes. I think that the pastors that are limiting. <laughs> yes, I do. Sorry, I actually, yeah. if you want to know the whole answer to that, I'm going to tell you. Um, okay. I believe, I believe that uh, Ecclesiastes, you know, the, the Ecclesia, us as the body of Christ, as the believers in Christ, as the true believers in Christ, are coming out of churches and you will see more home churches because it's not about the buildings. It's not about the fancy anything. It's about, see, I'm more interested. A lot of people tell me, you know, you've you've been ministering to me for 15 years. You've never asked me for anything. Well, has the Lord told you to give? Because I'm not going to do it. You know, that's not my job. My job is to do his will, and it's his job to provide for me. You know what I'm saying? So people aren't used to that. They're used to, you know, everyone asking and everyone, and that's not what it's about. Freely you were given, freely were to give. And if we trust him, we'll do that, right? Like, see, I've, I've prayed for years for him to write whatever he wants to write through me, but I don't want to publish them. I want to put them online. I want to give them away. And whoever's uh, led to give will give. And if they don't give, I don't have to hold them accountable. It's between them and God. God will find someone else. And if he doesn't, then that's fine. He'll teach me how to live beneath my means, right? And so over and over again, what he's been leading me, and I'll tell you what he's leading me now. Um, he's leading me to live off the land. So I started planting whatever I eat that has a seed, I plant. I don't know if I'm going to keep the tree or if I'm going to give it away, but someone's going to be blessed one way or another. And so I just follow it. Whatever he leads me, I just do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know where I'm going to get to, but I know that this is where he's leading me now, you know? And and, and the premise for that, for any of you that are thinking, well, I don't have anything right now. Yes, you do, because the widow only had empty jars. And then she was given oil and it was multiplied. What do you have that's empty? Lift it to the Lord and ask him to fill it. You see the, 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 the trick, because everyone's looking for a shortcut, a cheat sheet, a trick. The trick is to submit and surrender. We have no idea. That's what makes it so beautiful. He's the only one that knows. So it's just about, you know what, confessing the truth. You know, I, I tell everyone, listen, if you'll just be honest and tell him you're clueless in this area, He'll give you a witness. He'll show you. It may not be today. It may take you a while. You may have to come back a hundred times because he likes persistence. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I bless all of you to walk into your destiny. Take a hold of it. It's been predestined. No one can take it from you. You're the only one that has the authority to either take it and walk into it or to surrender it and let someone else do it. And I suggest that you take it because you're the best person for that job. I bless you in Jesus' name. Oh, bless your heart, Anna. Wonderful. Thank you. I mean, you truly are a gift from God, and I thank you so much beyond words. And I thank God for you, you know, I do. And I I hope you come back again because we um, join us on a Bible study. Whatever you guys want. Yes, if if I'm available, I'll be more than happy to do it. Right, or even you may have a Bible study you may find intriguing for us, you know. Uh, I, I believe in having a teachable spirit and a learnable spirit. So not only do we, you know, I teach, I also, you know, I'm always willing to learn. Amen. You know? 
I had a Bible Institute, but, you know, these people got to the guy, so I don't have it anymore. But I'm going to get another one in due time, in God's timing, you know. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I, I don't want to keep you anymore. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. You're Thank very you. welcome. You, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Okay. Thank you, darling. And everybody Bye-bye. else here, God bless you. And um, any for any other comments? Camille, I see you were blessed. I'm glad to know that. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I did not, wow. It, it, it's, I, I just don't even have words. I'm just grateful to God, and I thank you, Anna, you know. Um, one thing I would just kind of say and leave you with, you know, uh, Anna talking about planting, um, I kind of feel a leading in my heart to perhaps perhaps looking into living more off-grid. Uh, I've been doing like that. Doing, <laughs> what? You live okay. off-grid? Well, I, yeah, I told well, Anna I was interested in either Florida or Texas. Anna, you live off the grid? I've been um <laughs> I've been working on a project to make container homes uh fully sustainable. Oh my and God. <laughs> yeah. I'm working I'm with sorry, I've just been looking into tiny homes. I've been okay. looking at what, tiny homes online. What's the to build we're starting to build tiny homes. We've been putting this together for over two years. Oh, and, my God. Um, and in the process, the Lord led me into container living. And so I started looking into that, and I'm, I'm partnering with some architects. And the Lord's just been so graceful in bringing everything together. And um, we're looking into uh, lands in different places. Um, what is it called? Container apartments? Container what? Container homes. No, it's container homes. Container homes. Yeah. Um, well, and, then there's um, a reason. There's there's multiple reasons why God had me on this call then, because I've just been looking into that, and as a matter of fact, I've been praying about that, and amen. I've also been yeah, I've been also praying. I'm like, well, God, because you know, for the most part, and I've talk to Miriam about this. I've been very isolated. Um, so my thing is, there's a, a place online. Um, I don't know if you're aware of them. They're called Tiny Homes Direct. And no, I wasn't what they aware of them. Well, Tiny Homes Direct, what they do is they make decent tiny homes because the tiny homes community can be very expensive, almost like yes. a regular home. Um, right. But this company, what they do is they make tiny homes that are very, very reasonable in price. I mean, we're talking like uh, fifteen dollars to $20,000. And, wow. I mean, they have, yeah, they have things set up. They have, you know, many times you'll have the um, the boiler already in there. They have yeah. like an AC already set up. They'll have the refrigerator, you know, and maybe they'll have like a couple of burners, you know, in terms of the countertop. But right. it's pretty much so already set up. Now, do I know the actual, um, I don't know, in terms of the structure, if it's the best possible structure? I'm not aware of that. But the fact that you have all of those things already in this tiny home, and it's decent-looking, very nice-looking tiny home. You're talking fifteen to $20,000, you know? That's awesome. So I've been, yeah, that is awesome. I'm praying. Okay, well, the God. container homes are not that attractive. I'll tell you that they look a little small here, but it de- yeah. Well, that depends. Um, where, 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That depends. They have 45 high cubes, which are 45 feet long by 9 uh, feet, 6 inches tall. So they're actually taller than most houses. And, um, you know, you can put them together as many as you want or as little as you want. You can either make a tiny home or you can make a glutarious home out of them. So it actually really works out. Um, it just depends on what, you know, the individual is looking for. The cool thing about the container home is that you can pick it up by container in pieces, in other words, and just move it. Like, let's say you want to live in Texas, you set it up and you decide to move five years later, you can just move, go and have the, the container home move to wherever you desire to go. So it makes exactly. it very feasible. You know, it's a right. movable house. Right. That's right. And that's what I love. How, how, do, how do you get to just move it? How does that work? Well, uh, they they uh, ship, they trailer them, like, basically, uh, uh, like, it looks like a brig, like an 18-wheeler. And you can either ship them overseas on uh, on ships, on boats. Um, so, literally, they can go anywhere in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a trailer. You know, you know when people go on trips and they have right. like their own little trailers and stuff like that. That that's basically, I mean, to kind of relate it, that's kind of what it is. Like uh, you have it set up, you can have it set down on any particular land or property that you want. See, my right. thing is, see, I come from a city girl mentality because I've lived in cities all my life. So I don't really know too much about, um, you know, water tanks and boilers and how to, you know, maintain them. And also, like, I think some people, what they do in terms of power, they're like they'll have a solar generator or something right. to you, to generate the power. That stuff I'm still not as familiar with, but I've kind of been educating myself on. But I really like the idea. I don't know. The more I get into it, the more I read about it the more I'm really drawn to the idea of living off-grid and having a tiny home. I think and that I don't know, it's like God. God, I'm I like, think God, the, more that you, the, the container yeah. home is the tiny home, they're, they're synonyms? Say that again? Con- container home is, is the same as a tiny home? Well, it could be because you can make it as little as one bedroom, uh, one bath, the kitchen area and the family room, or you can make it as big as a four or five, six bedroom house. It just depends on what you, you know, what your uh, specific needs are. The nice thing about the container home, you can even set up an entire community. See, my thing is uh, sustainable living. So uh, I live in Florida. So for me, and I grew up, when I came from Cuba, my dad instantly, the minute they bought this property, he started planting. So we had all kinds of fruit, vegetables, greens, everything in our backyard. And the reason that he did that is because when communism hit Cuba, um, we were one of the few families to live sustainably because we had everything in our backyard so we actually fed most of our family we owned restaurants in cuba we own restaurants here but the the truth is that most of the food came out of our backyard you know and had we not had that we wouldn't have been able to do that so when my dad came here i'm the youngest of four and that was my passion hanging out there with him either you know 
sowing, reaping, doing whatever, but always out in the backyard. And as an adult, I started uh, planting again. So I have avocado trees, I have mango trees, lemon, and this isn't a big parcel of land. This is a 75 by 100 lot, so it's 7,500 square feet. Um, Wow. Yeah, and a lot of the space on it is taken, like, with a circular driveway and stuff. But my thing is, I'm just praying again that the Lord provide that parcel of land so that I can live uh, on permaculture, which means literally you're growing things as if they were growing naturally on their own. So, you know, they... They cut leaves and they use that as fertilizer, which I'm, I've been doing. And, um, you know, anything that I eat that's a fruit, whatever peel, I stick it in the blender and I use that as my fertilizer. I use seaweed, manure, uh, eggshells. I use literally anything that you eat, even like if you go to McDonald's or something and, you you know, those cups, I mean, not the cups, but the little uh, things that they give you the cups in, I shred that and I use it in my yard. It turns into compost. And so you just, you start learning and, and, you know, I I really believe that that's the Lord. So, you know, I think that was Camille that was saying that. Follow your heart. What kind of manure? Well, uh, horse manure mixed with straw. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and it's interesting because even, and you talked about seeds, like I'm even starting to look into seeds and, you know, uh, seeds for food in terms of planting. And I've never been a person to plant because I've lived in the city. But I don't know. Right. I, I you, you mentioned something that has also kind of been in my spirit, which called sustainable living. Because yeah. I think it's going to really, really be important in the times coming ahead. I really do. I think that if you haven't planned for it and the Lord is moving you in that direction and we're having this conversation, it's only because it's confirmation. I think that a lot of, you know, I think God's children in general will be moving out of cities and into sustainable living. I really do. I think communities are coming back. I think that, you know, people are awakening to the fact that we've been sold one big, huge, fat lie. You know, you work your entire life to own this one house. That in reality, it's just going to become an empty nest uh, and you're going to sell it and move on. And all those years that you spent sacrificing, paying for this and living in this and, you know, competing with the Joneses, our children grew up and we didn't get to enjoy them. And so now our children realize that and they're, they're wanting some of them, not all of them, but some of them have already been awoken to go back into a simpler living and enjoying life, you know? And so I think that we're coming full circle into what God originally intended, which is, you know, work should be to eat and to, for your necessities and not for all this luxury that in reality is just making the rich richer and you poor, you know? And making you empty too, because, you know, you're working to get things, Things that many times, it's interesting, I listen to people talk about, you're working all this time to get things that many times you don't even have time to enjoy because you're too busy working. And by the time you pay them off, they don't even attract you anymore the majority of the times. Well, not only do they not attract you, but they've already depreciated in value (laughs) by the time you, I mean, they're not, they don't have the same value. You know, like I think about, isn't it something, I have this cell phone here which, you know, I got on a plan to pay for the cell phone, which was really more than the phone was worth about two years ago. Now, as it's about to be paid off, 
I mean, it's probably like worth $5. And I paid right. a thousand times more than, you know, because it was worth more at the time I got it. But, you know, with technology increasing at such a fast pace, this phone, I mean, it's so outdated now. But I'm still paying full price for it. It's funny that you say that. I used to sell technology. I sold uh, CPUs. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's literally the brain yes. behind the computer. And oh, CPUs. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We sold Intel oh. CPUs for like five years. And, you know, every six months they would. we had an entire new line. And literally, by the time it hit the market, it was already obsolete. And so when you think of technology, think of it just like cars. You know, you drive it off the thing if it's new, and that's it. You just appreciate it in value. And so it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. You know, you're better off buying a used vehicle in good condition with the warranty, but you're not the first sucker that took it off the lot and is now incurring all the debt for it. And it's the same thing with everything. If you can, you know, one of the things that the Lord did about four years ago, my daughter used to work when she was a little younger in CVS. And she was a teller, I mean, a cashier, I'm sorry. And as a cashier, she ended up seeing that people were buying all kinds of things for pennies on the dollar. And, you know, I was already doing houses. I was buying them wholesale and selling them retail. And she started doing it with merchandise. Well, Sarah became so good at couponing that she, and and we don't have double coupon or anything about here, but she became so good at it that we had literally everything that we needed for a year of consumables and we had paid maybe $60 for it, $50 for it. You know, everything wow. was just taxes. And, you know, if, if we learn how to do that, how much less do you really need to survive with? Right. Right. I agree. You know, and see, that's the thing that that's the, you, you talk about, I think that's the illusion of the society where we feel like we need these things, and then we end up uh, in Satan's trap where we're chasing our tail just to try to pay for everything and to keep up with everything, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's it's definitely God that, uh, you know, that's confirmation in my spirit because it's, like, strong in my spirit in terms of going off grid, you know, and uh, living simpler, uh, you know, Living well, well Anna, who, who do you live with? Do you live with your mom or your children or who? My children all are grown up. I'm living with my mom. And you're you're living under grid with mom? No, 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 no. I am not living under grid. We've been researching it because I wanted to start doing it as a business and also because I wanted my own house off grid. So I started researching it initially about four four or five years ago for myself. I thought that the journey of the off-grid would be just for me. But as it turns out, throughout this process, the Lord has brought all kinds of individuals that already like-minded that had, had put, oh, my goodness, thank you, Al. Jesus, talk about being blessed. My sister just brought me Cuban coffee. Sorry, don't be jealous. Wow. With the leche or black coffee? Black or with Just milk? black coffee. Oh, wow. yeah. So, so, so anyway. So now, are the, the container houses, but what about snakes and all of that and, and, and bugs? And don't that, I mean, how do you, I mean, with a container house, won't you be living with all kind of worms and uh, 
<laughs> well, think about this. Hey, listen, I live in the city and there's all kind of worms in this backyard, you know, and I welcome them because worms are are huge. Uh, they're a huge benefit for your garden. Um, we don't think of that, you know, in terms of uh, living clean. You want everything impeccable. But the truth is that you need worms in your garden. As a matter of fact, yeah, one of the I things that they encourage you to have are worms. worm bins. Amazing. You know, yeah. worm bins uh, are promoted are so that you can have a healthy house? garden. Huh? Are you an apartment or a house? No, a house. Oh, okay. Well, so you know you what? A lot of things. Do you want to downsize? What is it you want to do? It and isn't even about downsizing. It's being off grid. It's being uh, independent. Right. It's being right. you know free from the grasp uh-huh. of a, you know a, a satanical government and everything else that Hello. comes from it. It's, wow. You, I mean, you're, you're speaking to my spirit. I mean, this is totally God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, please. No, it's okay. Um, yeah. You know, as I started learning about this and I started realizing, not realizing, I can't say that, the Lord just started, look, let me explain what happened. I, I, uh, one of my prayer partners said, okay, so, you know, how can I pray for you? Because you pray for everyone. You're always standing in the gap. You're always doing this, that, and the other, and you never ask for prayer. And I said, well, because if the Lord wants someone to pray for me, They'll come and they'll ask. And so she said, how can I pray for you? And I said, um, I need the Lord to put my group of laborers together for the business that he's bringing. And she said, what exactly do you need? I said, architecture. She says, my brother's in architecture. She called him up and he said, well, what is it that you guys want? So I told him and he said, what? And he said, you're not going to believe this. We just started putting a group of individuals together. He has an electrical engineer and he has... Uh, a mobile engineer. So this guy, his specialty is mobile structures. So right there, the Lord just put the entire team together with one call. So if that's not the Lord, I really honestly don't know what is. Then um, before I left on this trip last week, uh, I met with my sixth grade best friend, right? She was my best friend in sixth grade. And we hadn't seen each other. And the Lord had placed in my heart to go look for her. So I went to look for her. And I found her on a day when I wasn't looking for her. And so unbeknownst to me, she's a huge prayer warrior, her entire family saved. So, I, you know, the Lord put in my heart for her mom to pray for me. So I went and she wasn't there, but her mom prayed for me. We were there for about two and a half hours before I left on this trip. I wanted uh, someone with a prophetic anointing and that didn't know anything to pray for me. So I spent two and a half hours with her. I left there. Marilyn calls me and she tells me, hey, listen, I need to put a food bank together. Um, I used to have it. I let it go. You know, her son got sick. She was dealing with that. And she said, you know, the Lord's been putting in my heart that I need to put it back. And I said, help me in. I'll help you with whatever I can help you with. And so we started talking and she said, are you working on anything right now? I said, yeah, I have a couple of projects going on. Why? And she said, well, what do you need for... I guess your biggest project. And I said, well, I need more architects because I need them in different places. And she said, that's it, architects? And I said, why? And she said, well, my cousin's in architecture. I have two cousins that are architectures, and they both owe me favors. She says, when you come back, let me know, and we'll go see them. So here I have architects in Santo Domingo, and I have architects here in Miami. And this is just the Lord bringing prayer warriors. So if you're not on the right path to seeking, um, you know, whether it's a tiny home or a container home or just sustainable off-grid living, you're where God wants you. I, he's just putting it strong on my heart. I'm just like, 
Wow. I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a true cold city girl, and it's being put so strongly on my heart in terms of moving off grid. Because I'm thinking like, okay, well, gee, I don't really know how to plan anything, but there's something in my heart that says, well, Camille, you need to learn, you know. Uh, you need to learn to live off-grid, and you need to come out of these cities. There's something that's, I mean, like so incredibly strong. And I guess because I'm still learning in terms of the things of the spirit, it's like I just know it's God. You know? Right. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's not me. I'm just like, wow, you know. But, you know, it's interesting because you're saying that you're uh, doing that because, quite frankly, that business is a business, I think, that is really exploding because, like mm-hmm. you said, there are people who are looking for simpler living. And, exactly. you know, tiny homes, some of these tiny homes, they go for like 115000 120000 depending on what you want. Like you were telling um, Miriam in terms of, you know, yeah, a container home can be a tiny home or it can be a home. And I've right. seen the decor where they fixed it up in such a way, I mean, it just, like, blows your mind. You're just, like, living like living in a regular house. I'm like, wow. You know, it just right. blows my mind just how people can create it. Well, what's the difference with a tiny home and a, um, and a trailer? Sometimes well, a trailer can be a tiny home. Huh? Right. The trailer can be a tiny home. The reason that they make tiny homes versus trailers the majority of the times is because of uh, feasibility and also because of contamination. Um, Some of these pre-built like trailers, they're glued together instead of welded. The containers are welded versus the uh, the trailers that are glued. So you have the flammable glue, you have the toxins that people are trying to get away from. They're trying to live green. Uh, right. And in addition to that, um, the trailers are very thin material, whereas the container is bulletproof. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about the five-inch bullets that the government has now, but, you know, on a normal bullet, even nine millimeter, I think it holds. And so, you know, there's a lot of differences. In addition to that, yeah, it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing if you just leave it like a container. Sometimes they just paint them. Uh, and there, there is paint now that is non-contaminant. But they also, uh, you know, if you choose to, they can sheetrock it on the outside and plaster it. And you would never even know that it's a container. It looks like a dairy house. So, you know, there's a lot of different uh, pros and cons to each. It just really depends on what you want. And we're talking about, well, what about the snakes and what about, well, that really depends on where you choose to live. You know, if you live in a rattlesnake infested area, you're going to have rattlesnakes. If, you know, here in Miami, we have crocodiles and, you know, they've been found in the city. They've been found everywhere. So it really depends on where you live. Wait a minute. Crocodiles that don't live in the water? Well, basically, no, no, it's not that they don't live in the water. We have canals all over the place. There's waterways everywhere. I remember we're li- literally at sea level or below sometimes. So, you know, there's crocodiles everywhere. And I'm not saying that you're going to find it in your front yard, but I have a canal a block and a half away. 
So, and they have been pulled out of that canal in the past. Not often, but they have been pulled out. So, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that every oh area. Oh, my God. You got crocodiles? I didn't even think crocodiles. <laughs> I thought crocodiles were like dinosaurs. No more. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my, oh my God. Not in the Huh? We're true city Not- people, I tell you. <laughs> Did they have crocodiles in Cuba? Because my mother's sitting here telling me the noise they made. They had crocodiles in Cuba? They had caiman, which are the same, yeah. And they still have them. As a matter of fact, I was re- I was looking at a documentary with my grandson who loves nature, and um, a documentary came up of the of the caimanes in Cuba, and they, because of lack of food, have learned. You know, the, it's amazing, but nature adapts. They've learned to jump. I think it's five and six feet out of the water so that they can eat these huge rats that travel on the trees called judías. And so, what? yeah, that's really freaky. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's, uh. wow. So, so what, what, do, what do you say, what is the average price of a container home? That really depends, like I said, like if it's one uh, one container, if you're two, and what you want inside of it. Because a lot of times what, what we're looking at is the people that, uh, want to order with us, they pretty much know like uh, that we're going to be designing the layout, the interior layout, and even making the furniture for them. So they're getting it fully stocked. I haven't dealt with anyone that just wants it hardwired and like the, the plumbing, but you know, we're designing things to where it's going to have gray water. So what gray water really literally means is that your shower water and your dish water will be recycled so that you can utilize it in your garden. So there's literally no waste, you know. Okay. Can you uh, do me a favor? Can you look at this uh, tiny, because you see, I'm I'm still very new to this. It's called Mm -hmm. tinyhousedirect.com. Let me see. Yeah, it's called tinyhousedirect.com, and uh, these are basically tiny homes. Basically, just about everything is in there in terms of the recycling of the water. That's stuff I don't know about, but it comes pretty, I mean, it comes pretty furnished in the sense of, you know, they'll have the sink in there for you. It's not like a shell, okay? Right. So, you know, some of them come already with the porches, okay? And, uh, you know, they'll have the kitchen and everything set up. They have the burners. They'll have the refrigerator and the cabinets there. Uh, They have all the outlets set up in terms of, you know, like say if you want to put in your your cable, uh, you know, basically. Actually, one of them I know, they already had a headboard set up in one of the bedrooms well all you need to do is i guess put your mattress maybe just put a footboard or something in there so but in terms of the quality i mean especially since it's so cheap i mean we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood i would say about between 16 17 and 25,000 dollars oh uh, for the goodness, most part they come from the i'm ready to buy one right now what right you see it mm-hmm. do you see it I'm, I'm at tinyhousedirect.com. Right dot, dot yeah, they are attractive, but my goodness, right. that is this small, though. 
Well, you can get them. Actually, if you look further on the website, you can get like a uh, like a three bedroom. I think they have you, a three bedroom where you can get close to like about twenty five thousand. Did you order the free catalog? I'm going to order it now. I didn't. I didn't order the free catalog. But you know, they have the system set up in place where they have like the heater slash um, air conditioners in there already. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. the sink. You know, in the bathroom and in the kitchen and, you know, the shower slash tub, you know what I mean? So, I mean, and this, from what I understand, what I've read about this company, uh, mm-hmm. they're probably, I think, one of the fastest growing new companies around. And I think probably because they offer these tiny homes at much more of a discount than what tiny homes are going for on the market. Right. You know? And so I don't know. My my interest just in me is just sparked to look at tiny homes. I'm like, okay, well, God, yeah, I know I'm thinking about tiny homes, but is there one that's kind of like reasonable, like maybe I can afford to live in them? Here I go on the Internet, and I find this website, tinyhousedirect.com. You know? So somehow in me, uh, and it tells you here you can click here to pre-qualify for a loan. Hopefully won't have to do that. But, you know, it's just interesting how, you know, as you were talking about the container homes and, you know, mm-hmm. other things, I'm like, wow, okay, God. Well, maybe this isn't for wow. now. It you says know, this payment, is payments as low as three ninety nine per month. This beats That's an apartment. Right. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly yep. right. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, you know if you can get if you can uh you can get a parcel of vacant land it doesn't have to be really big think about it it's just you know you and whoever's with you if anyone it, it's just a small parcel of land and if you look up how to grow your own food depending on the climate that you're in et cetera, et cetera, the plants that are going to grow but you can have your own garden and you may not feed you know all of your needs but if you do some it's better than none right Right. Now, look, I'm filling, out, I, I'm filling it out because I just want to see. Now, it says, do you own land? Should I put yes, I own land, or no, I do not? Well, yes, because you're going to have to either rent or own. Okay. Oh, so 399 is just a house. Then you got to rent the land, too, huh? Well, not only do you have yeah. to rent the land, but then you also have to, uh, you know, I guess in terms of electricity, I mean, you have to think about in terms of the generator, electricity, in terms of the plumbing, how that's right. all going to, with the water tank and all that other stuff. See, that's the thing where I'm kind of blinded in terms of, okay, Father, well, now that I see this tiny home, not only do or do I have those issues that I just mentioned to you, but I've also been praying to be a part of a community of people who are like-minded, who are Christians, who are disciples, you know, because, I mean, I don't just want this to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. So this is kind of what I've been praying about and thinking, okay, God, help me, please show me the way. Show me. I mean, because obviously this is really in me for a reason. So please show and direct me in terms of a community of people who are of you who know you and love you and who are known and loved by you, where we can be, like you said, part of a community 
And also being part of a community, I think, also helps you in terms of, like you said, you and these other prayer warriors with architectures. For me, you know, it would be in terms of, you know, I mean, I don't know anything about a water tank and how to uh, keep and maintain that. I don't know. I mean, I know a little bit, but, I mean, I don't have experience with it. I don't really have experience with, like, solar panels or generators in terms of electricity or, you know, what to do in terms of the heat or maintaining it and other things. So, Father, Mm -hmm. I ask you to, you know, send those people to me so, you know, I have a better understanding of what I'd be getting into or at least have some help, have some support, you know. Right, right. You know, if you take that, uh, pray for me in terms of that as well. I know you mentioned Salvador earlier too, and I definitely will pray for him. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, let's pray right now. Father, we come before you, whoever you're calling out. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We receive it, and we ask that you put together. We understand that when we put our hand in it, sometimes we uh, choose things that are not exactly the way that you desired them, and we don't want to do that anymore. We want to make sure that it's you guiding and choosing and and leading us, and that's what we want. We want your provision in our life, so that's what we seek, Lord. We ask that you bring the right individuals. And here we have the same exact heart. We want to be off-grid. We want to have, uh, you know, the the solar panels, and whether it's great water, whatever kind, whatever it is that you choose, uh, barrels, water containment systems. We just list it all to you, and even the gardens, and Miriam, and, and the seeds, and Father, I thank you because I know that's you. That's exactly what you've been guiding me into for years and years and years. This is where you're leading. And I I welcome it. I bless you. I thank you. And I ask, Father, for Camille and Miriam and anyone else on this call that is being led in this direction. I ask that you provide, Lord, and that you even unite them. Maybe they can order a couple of houses at the same time and get a better price. We thank you that you've already selected the land for them. I thank you that the pricing is out of this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. What a great call, you know? Right. You didn't pray for Salvador, though. No, I was waiting for someone to pray for him. Okay, dearly okay. beloved Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for this time again. I thank you for Anna, Father. What a blessing. And for all of these women on this call, for Miriam always, Father, for Angelica, for Anne, um, for um, Macy, Father, and anyone else on this call, Father, what a blessing. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us that we fulfill the assignment that you have for us in our lives on this earth. And I thank you for Anna in terms of all that you are doing in her life, in terms of her prayer ministry, and specifically for Salvador, Father. Father, I lift up Salvador before you. I plead the blood of Jesus over him, Father. Obviously, you have a great work for him, or Satan wouldn't be attacking him so relentlessly as he is. And Salvador is a targeted individual just like the rest of us, Father. I just plead the blood of Jesus over him. I pray for him, Father, that if there are any open doors, any open, unrepentant doors in his life, Father, 
that you close them, Father, and that he gives himself and his all to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I curse at the roots any satanic and demonic attacks, and I command them to die. I come before the courtroom of heaven, and I pray, Father, for Salvador on his behalf that any open doors be closed and that you set the captive free. And you just continue to love on him and protect him, his family, his friends, his loved ones, and everyone connected to him. I thank you for this wonderful, blessed time of prayer, Father. Your scriptures say where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are. And you are here. I mean, you have proven yourself that you are here. And I give you the honor, the worship, the praise, and the glory. All honor, worship, praise, and glory are due to you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. 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 Yeah. Wow. Truly blessed call. Seriously. Yeah. I feel truly blessed. So. Yeah. Well, Anna, you have to come back then. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure we will. I'm sure I will. And I'll come back for you for you guys and your teachings. I welcome them. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, Anna, I'm gonna, you know, um, like I said, I'm, I'm planning to get mommy out of New York. So uh, whatever you have on this information regarding these tiny homes, and it looks like Camille's doing a lot of homework. We're looking at Texas, and Camille's in Texas. So, um, you know, Camille, what, wait, what part of Texas are you in, Camille? I'm in Dallas. Oh wow, my 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 youngest daughter is in Houston, and there's oh. actually. Yeah, there's actually a town in Clayton, from what I understand, she was telling me that they're doing container homes out there in Clayton, Texas. Uh, I don't know if they're doing them anywhere else, but you might want to look for it and just compare, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you know, what? I know there, yeah, I know there is a tiny home community. I'm not sure where it is, but I remember reading about it somewhere in Texas. Uh, where they'll basically build the house or something and, you know, you pay them a certain amount and, you know, they kind of maintain it for you. i got to look further and and see yeah, where that it sounds, is. Nobody wants that maintenance. I mean, that's with a lot of work. Right, right. Right. But I don't think it's that expensive. It's not what you think it is. But Yeah, I don't um, think so either, especially because, remember, you're going to be getting a new home. Right, exactly, exactly. You know? It, it's not it's not very expensive, though. But there's also another tiny home. Uh, I was looking at this. Um, it's I forget what it's called, and they're very cheap, too. They're kind of like in the uh, shape of an arch. And you can get them, I think, as cheap as like $1,000 or $2,000. You know what I mean? And wow. they're pretty simple to build. I think it's somewhere in that Houston, Texas area as well. And I oh, I'd like to find out that well. is. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, when I find it again, I'll uh, send it to you. I'll just get, uh, I guess, your email from Miriam and stuff like that. But it's Absolutely. like in the shape of an arch, and it's kind of like, it looks kind of like metalish on the outside, but they're beautiful. Could it they're be Steel arch- Master? 
You know what? Let me see. Hold on just a moment. I'm going to tell it you. It might be Dealmaster. Anna, how many kids do you have? Four. Well, and what made you go through a custody battle with with, with that egghead? <laughs> I just said egghead because if you if you if you it didn't work with you, he has to be an egghead. You know. Well, you know, uh, sometimes children of God uh, <laughs> allow Satan to come in, and I'm not. I don't know if you know whatever if the fruit is there or not. I haven't bothered, but the bottom line is it was just a battle. And it could have been any any battle. It just happened to be that battle. And to be honest with you, I'm never going to say that I was grateful at the time because <laughs> I literally wanted to kill someone back then. But, um, yeah. you know, with hindsight, as usual, reflection is uh, thus. Because had that not happened, I would have never learned about the legal system. I would have never learned what a farce it is. I would never have imagined everything because, you know, I mean, I was just so blinded. And that's part of what the Lord used to start awakening me. So, you know, as horrible as it was, I'm very grateful because it's gotten me to where I'm at today. And thank God my children have healed and, you know, they've grown and everyone's uh, in a good place, uh, all of my daughters. he He wanted to take custody? Well, he wanted not to pay child support. And so, um... You know, there's only one oh, way you get that. Goodness. Who would want to not pay child support for their own children? Well, if he was raising them, he would have been raising them. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, in that process, I met hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of women in the same thing. And, you know, it's it's just, listen, it's just one way of, you know, Satan ministering. There's millions of ways that he does it. In my life, that was just part of the road. Um, but... You know, I thank God, like I said, that, you know, everyone's come to a place of healing and, you know, you shed all that and you start looking at the positive aspects. And so I'm just, I'm eternally grateful for the fact that the Lord, had it not been with my kids, I would not have been as diligent to learn as much as I have. And, you know, I haven't even used it as often as I could have, or, or, you know, maybe uh, the the need for it just wasn't there because he kept shifting things. I learned the legal because of that. And then it took me into foreclosures and then real estate. And then, so, you know, I've never stopped using the legal aspect of it, but you know, God does as God wills. Well, uh, thank you for that. Actually, I did find a website. It's called arched cabins, A R C A T D cabins.com. And they are, uh, I've seen, I, I see two, like Belton, Texas, and Cypress, Texas. And basically, they, these are cool looking, like arched, uh, tiny homes. Uh, you know, they do so many different things with them, and they're pretty reasonable. I mean, you can get a decent size for like about 5000 That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been what, looking at What's Camille? Camille, that sounds too good to be true. They must be way out in the suburbs. They might be. I mean, it, it's called, go on the website. It's called Arched Cabins, A-R-C-H-E-D-C-A-B-I-N-S. And just okay, look arch, at them. A-R-C-H-E-D? Yes, ma'am. C-A-B-I-N-S. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just watching some dishes, but as soon as I get done, I will be flying to that computer. You said five yeah. thousand, and you're looking at 
See, that would be good if you lived there and some, you know, and I lived there. I mean, you know, you don't want right. to just move to a place like that randomly, and you're by yourself. So you surely, you know, that's just dangerous because you don't know. Right, exactly. Right, if exactly. If it's a cult, you know. Well, see, that's why I'm very careful. That's why I'm still looking, you know. Um, And just also, I mean, when we say 5,000, like basically I'm talking about for the shell and the materials. I mean, you still have to put it together. You still have to furnish everything. You understand what I'm saying? Now, those houses that I told you in the beginning, those Mm -hmm. are houses that are more furnished. Where you know you you get like a a two stove top countertop where they'll have a refrigerator in there where you know they'll have the cabinets already in. Oh, it. that was the direct, not a shelf. the direct, the direct. Yeah, one. the tiny right, the tiny homes direct. But that's more money, but it's more furnished. You know, basically right. all you have to really do is come in with your furniture. This one. You have to do more work. You have to put it together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. paying for the materials itself. Right. Yeah. So, but, I mean, if you know how or know someone who can put it together, I mean, if you look at some of the interiors of this, it's it, it's like, wow. It's amazing what you can do with this stuff. Right. You know? So, it's right. just, it, and I loved, I don't know, something in me that just likes the idea of just moving off grid and not being in the city. Some, it's like <laughs> God is speaking to me about that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. pay attention to this. You know? Yes. <laughs> and I'm yes. like, okay, God, well, I get it, and it looks great, but how do I do it? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's what's going in my head. How do I do this, Father? I'm not even really fully working yet, you know what I mean, where I have Mm -hmm. an income, you know. I'm still struggling with that, you know. I mean, I still have this extreme targeting on me. I'm really a city girl. I've never really lived out in the country, I mean, in terms of planting and farming and and, um, the water tanks and heaters and generators and things of that Girl, nature. This you keep up with all good. that negativity. I'm going to tell you, close the page already. You, that's not for you. <laughs> no, no. It's not, well, it's not negativity. It's practicality. I mean, practically. I know, I know. I'm on I'm only joking. She's kidding you. I'm on I'm just saying the devil is just giving you, you know, he's trying to... <laughs> He's trying to put yeah. these thoughts in your mind, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and he put so many. I was like, well, wait a yeah. minute, Camille. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Bring me back. It's all good. Bring me back because I know, you know. See, that, and that's the thing. We were just talking about that. I'm looking at it from the natural perspective. Well, how? Right. Well, how? You know how we do. And it's like, uh-huh. again, I'm still learning how to do it you know, going to the realm of the spirit and realize that if God put it there in me, he's going to make a way for me to have it. Exactly. And just to walk in it, you know. But like you said, yeah, okay, Miss Miriam, bring me back. (laughs) It's all good. Bring me back. (laughs) I love you guys. My God, I was like, could she find anything, any other reason? I mean, it was like you had... So many reasons. I'm a well, city girl. Yeah. I got the generator, the, 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 the plumbing, the right. generator. I was like, oh my God. The, 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 the generator. How do we do this? 
But I mean, those are questions you gotta ask. But you're a female, exactly. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm not mad at you. You know what I'm saying? Those are questions. Look at me. I got a 90 year old. You know, those are questions that truly have to be answered before I step foot somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I come from a mindset that's very practical. And I guess you know that's why the the whole the the, the issue of the spirit is so important for me because right. I look at things pra- too practically sometimes. Like, well, that looks like a big mountain. How am I going to climb it? You know, let me look at all of the specifics that are currently in front of me. You know, rather than mm-hmm. really allow the Father to move me forward in it. You know, I mean, He's a God where if you have faith of a mustard seed. He will move that mountain, you know. <laughs> I right. suggest that, you know. So, yes. you know, it's all good, you know. That's why I love you, Miriam, you know. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, guys, I love you. I'm going to have to go. You have a okay. wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, Camille, I'll go ahead and send Miriam the information. I'm going to email her uh, the Court of Heaven also, the teaching. I just need uh-huh. to scrub it a little. And uh, okay. I love you guys. If you need anything uh, that I can help with, let me know. Okay. Thank you Anna, so thank much. Thank you so much. You're yeah, very welcome. Have a have a blessed day. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. I'm so glad you read that radiation thing in my whole report because I would have never met you. Thank you, Miriam. And, and yeah. we'll pray it through. Everyone's going to be off grid sooner than later. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All righty. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it is just, see, this is where the Internet is great, even though these people try to make it a bad thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you can meet people from all parts of the earth like this, and you know, right. and I'm telling you, I was talking to her. I was like, "Wait, I got to bring on my prayer call because this one here is, she is you know, awesome. she's amazing. Yeah. She really, yeah, is. I was I'm, like, I'm, you got to come on my prayer call because she was definitely when she was talking about that court of heaven and how the devil is out there accusing us, which I know is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's interesting because, you know, I, as you can see, I didn't really share much in terms of the off-grid thing with you because I've been trying to, like, really work that out in my heart. But the more I hear about what's going on out here in terms of the, this world system, like even recently with uh, Amazon taking over Whole Foods, I mean, it's almost oh, I like... Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no. You didn't know about that? Yeah, Amazon had bought Whole Foods. It's now Amazon Whole Foods. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, it seems like you have these multinational corporations that are basically controlling the Whole Foods supply. And you don't know what you're getting with the food. Exactly. So many people used to always tell me, I never really, I wasn't into Whole Foods, but so many people, Nancy loves Whole Foods. I used to love Whole Foods. I used to, when I lived in New York City, uh, the two places I used to frequent was Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. Yep. Yeah, those are the two places. My uncle, too. Mhm. Yeah, Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. So, uh, but Whole Foods, I think people were starting to say that Whole Foods started selling out a long time ago. 
where, uh, you know, they were going along with government regulations. Like there was a, a, a regulation called the Dark Act where, you know, ba- I guess basically uh, it mandated that they don't have to tell you that GMO is in your food. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's just when you start thinking about that, I mean, I start thinking about, you know what, it might be time to, you know, go independent and go off grid and, you know, go back to what the ancestors did in terms of your own food and, you know. To me, if you're planning to live 90 or better, that's about the only way, or even 70 or better. What am I saying? Yeah. 90. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that these cities, they're set up in such a way as a trap. I don't know. That's that's how I see it. Ideally, if you get a husband with with your tiny home, girl, that's all you need. You said. That's right. You sure are. For real. Yep. 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 I agree with that. Just make sure you get a husband who is handy. Right, right. Yeah, because, it, it, I mean, you can't just assume that because he's a man or he's your husband, he's going to be handy. So, you know, make sure he's someone who's into building. You got that and, right, because both of y'all can sit there and, and watch that lawn just grow. <laughs> <laughs> watch all them weeds just kind of get out of control. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so... Yeah, he's got to be, like, someone who's into that. But I found it very interesting that that that's what Anna was doing. But, you know, she's wonderful, very interesting young lady, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful that uh, you were able to get in contact with her and bring her on the call, you know. I mean, what a blessing. Believe me, I was so happy. Just talking to her, I was like, wow. Yeah. I got to be careful. And I didn't even know that about her education. I don't know what made her come on my call and say that because I know how shady people are. But, I mean, it is what it is. You know, certain I, people are, Why not, you know, though? I, I mean, that that's a, I, I don't yeah, see but, why but not I know because that's a testimony. Yeah, it is. But I know shady it's people that be like, well, she can't tell me now. She didn't go to college. I mean, but I thank God for her yeah. testimony, and I know better. Mm-hmm. I know these are people. Look, I, look, the only people I deal with are the pro state think tank people. Not one of them have a law degree. So I am not impressed with degrees. Well, see, not only that, but uh, I think people who would think that way, they're not really who are people who are in the spirit. Because God... See, that's how God works. He works to, he, I mean, he, he uses, quote, unquote, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, she might look foolish in the eyes of the world because she doesn't have a high school diploma, but look how intelligent and how educated and how wise exactly. she is. You know? Exactly. I mean, even if we look at our history, uh, many of our ancestors you know, they couldn't afford to go to school, but they were wiser and probably will live much longer than any of us will ever live right, right. because they had wisdom. Not only that, but they weren't so highly educated that they felt the need to go to a doctor 
when they knew that all they had to do with their non-education was to go into their garden. Hello? Right. You see what I'm saying? All that mm-hmm. education, you got to be careful with that because what are they educating you with? And many times if you really look back at what they're educating you with, they're nothing more than lies anyway. All you have right. is this fancy idea of a degree. But a degree in what and what have you learned? Because you can be an educated fool. Well, to be a modernized slave, to work for somebody else and never have nothing of your own, right? Right, exactly. Because that's why you have people out here with degrees who are living on the street where you have people, I don't know, who either learn how to hustle or who are just wise and street smart who are out there making it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's not about degree. I mean, we got to get our head out of that because that, that's a trap. That's a trap from the enemy. And not for nothing, I'm not saying, I'm not cursing anybody's degree or saying that it's wrong, but just thinking that someone has to have a degree in order to impart any kind of wisdom in you is foolish. Right. It really is. So, but I know what you mean because there are people out there who are still like that. After I got all that education, that I was like, "Oh my God!" You know, I've been lied to. I'm sitting there telling kids about the three branches of government and how racism doesn't exist because of discrimination laws. What? And then I became yeah. a PI. What? Hello. Yeah. 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 I think we've been yeah. lied to all of our lives. You know, based on this system. You know, this system. Uh, yeah, I mean, the in a, in a sense, yeah, uh, in terms of the justice system, it was based on the courts of heaven in the very, very beginning. But, you know, when they, whoever came in and took over the system, they just instituted lies. We've been lied to, you know, basically all of our lives. This, this education system is based on lies, okay? So people who tend to not be as educated, they they tend to be more free thinkers, and not only that, but I think God loves it because because they're not brainwashed by the system. They're more teachable, they're more usable by God. They don't have this kind of pride like they know it all. Oh, someone, so God someone can use in, them. Oh, someone wrote into the chat. I want to share with you if they said. Oh wait, I got two messages here. Um, they wrote in, Miriam, I have been in a tiny house. They are the size of a lawnmower shed, and you are constantly bumping into everything. And then they said, and living off a grid is a lot more difficult than you can even imagine. Tell this woman she doesn't know what she's getting into. Oh, wow. Ah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... Thank you for that feedback, first off. We appreciate well, that. You know, I mean, yeah, it's for what it's worth. It's, you know, somebody right. came in anonymous as a guest, you know, and I, I, you know, I, you know, I just can't, you know, you can't even put your name, you know, right. you're calling me by my name, Miriam. I've been in a tiny house. They are the size of a lawn. You're calling me by my name, but I don't know your name, you know. Right, right. You take it for what it's worth, you know. Right. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, there are people. I don't mind looking at trailers. I, I, I think you know, trailers are to me a little more up my alley. 
even though those are almost here, yeah, they're almost like apartments here. Yeah. But you know what? There are people I I've listened to people in terms of tiny homes. I mean, let's 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 face it. It is a lot more work, okay? Uh I mean, you don't have the convenience of, you know, that you're used to in terms of just living in an apartment. But you also have people who feel more free living in a tiny home. This is the feedback that I've heard where they're more free because they uh you know, they pay for what they use. Um they're not beholden to like a con ed or um you know some of these other companies in terms of living on the grid. You know, they get to control the electricity. You know, they're not paying for their water. They they control in terms of the water. You know, it is a lot more work, though. That's why, you know, I wasn't trying to be negative. I was just trying to point out these are the things that you have to think about, you know. Obviously, there are things that can be overcome, but it is going to be more work. I mean, that's just the reality to it, you know. Now, in terms of saying she doesn't know what she's talking about, I wouldn't say that, you know. I mean, she obviously is very knowledgeable. She's been in real estate. Uh, she's been doing her research in terms of all of this. It's going to be work. You know, I think she understands Well, I, I mean, that. I don't I know don't if they were talking about her. They could be talking about me, you, or anybody. You know, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that because we were all right. looking into it. You know, but right. I, I mean, I'm not going to take an anonymous opinion off a of talk to over concrete people that I'm talking to. You know, it's just, just right. a matter of, you know, mm-hmm. I've I got to make myself. I'm not into small places, so that's not going to work for me. I need space. So I well, mean, you can have can space in a tiny home. There are tiny homes that are really, really tiny, like the one that this person who posted talked about. It's the size of a lawnmower. That, I couldn't live in that either. There are tiny homes which basically, you know, the living spaces are loft, and they have to go up the ladder to the loft. And sometimes the loft is over the kitchen. Me, for me, that's way too tiny, okay? But these homes that uh, you went on Tiny House Direct, there's more space. There's more room. If you start looking at the homes on that website. Okay, I put in... um on the internet, tiny homes versus trailers. Let's see. Yeah. Right, tiny houses versus campers and trailers. Which is better? Mm-hmm. But tiny homes can encompass not just a, a like a small, tiny, tiny home. That tiny home, like the one, what did you think about those homes on tinyhousedirect.com? They were cute. Right. So that's still considered a tiny home, okay? But it's just not like a lawnmower. I mean, you can have tiny homes like that, or you can have tiny homes like the one that are on that website, you know? It just depends on what your needs are. There are some tiny homes that are so built, people have them built so fabulous, you know what I mean? Where they're almost like living in regular homes. So it all depends on what you're looking for, what your budget is. Some people only just want a space where they can just put their head down and that's it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's it's all about what, you know, your lifestyle, what your needs are. 
you know. So, you know, and for that person, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of the work, depending on how they're living tiny, they may have to haul their water and fill their own water tank. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In terms of electricity. Let me me see. There's been a big debate going on in in tiny living circles about which is better, tiny houses built from scratch or customized trailers and campers that have been retrofitted for full-time living. It's a lively discussion, and here on Tree Hugger, we are pretty neutral about it having showcased both amazing tiny homes as well as renovated vintage campers and custom-built new trailers that have been built to operate off the grid. Wow. Right. But for those who are thinking of downsizing but still haven't decided which way to go, it's worthwhile to take a look at both camps. Why tiny houses are better. They look like a house for many who choose to to go the tiny house path. This kind of structure looks more like what you might think a house might look like, only smaller. It's a matter of aesthetics. And for some, this is important. According to many tiny house advocates, a tiny home can feel more solid, well-built, spacious, and permanent, and that can make all the difference for someone who's going to downsize to something less than 300 square feet. We didn't want to feel like we were on an interminable camping trip, says Carrie of Clothesline. Tiny Mm -hmm. homes are more weatherproof. Tiny homes are generally better insulated and winterproof than campers since they are custom-built from the ground up. Owners can choose what kind of insulation and heating and cooling options suit them in their local climate, whereas RVs are generally not built to be lived in during the winter, though, of course, one could tow it somewhere warm. Choice of non-toxic materials. One can choose the materials and finishes that one wants in a custom-made tiny house. Finishes could be chosen from their low VOC characteristics, especially for those with chemical sensitives. We know this is possible in a tiny house and have seen it done. This is near impossible in a mass-manufactured RV. Customization and customization. Tiny homes come in all shapes, sizes, builds, and aesthetics to date. We've seen modern <clears throat> gems, Japanese-inspired ones, tea house, a grand 280-square-footer, gypsy-style caravan, even ones with a bit of Indian flair or Gothic charm. The list goes on. Why campers and recreational vehicles are better now? All right, so that was why the tiny homes. They are mobile, mm-hmm. are made to be moved. They are built with lightweight materials and in and aerodynamic form, whereas tiny homes are much more heavier and made to be moved very infrequently. Building codes, insurance, the legal stuff. In many places, tiny homes occupy a bit of gray area. They're often built as workarounds to local codes and regulations and can be difficult to insure as such. But there are places where the rules may allow for legally living in a small home and where it could potentially be hooked up to municipal services. The key here is to do your research and to find creative solutions. In contrast, go ahead. No, right. No, I'm agreeing with you on that, you know, trying to find creative solutions. And that's kind of basically what I was talking about in terms of that, in terms of, 
you know, figure out in terms of the plumbing and the heating and the electricity and, you know, in terms of maybe their communities where they might be able to assist you or hook that up for you or whatever the situation may be, you know. And I think the fact, I mean, what's great in terms of Anna, the fact that this is a, a field that she's getting into, I think, uh, you know, I mean, she she could be a valuable resource because she's already yeah. been in real yeah. estate. She already yeah. has some background knowledge in that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you, you yeah. know, that I definitely she would know, yeah. Mhm. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Okay, um, let's see, building codes, legal stuff. In contrast, trailers are pretty straightforward in terms of getting insurance for one, and there appears to be a relatively larger community of people who live full-time in their trailers who can share the experience. A vintage camper is much cheaper to buy as a fixer-upper. For those who are on a super-tight budget, buying a used older camper to renovate may be the way to go. We've seen some lovely examples rebuilt with salvaged materials, but built as off-grid homes, too. They can blend in. It's the flip side of the coin. Tiny homes are made to be distinctive where RVs can blend in quite well, especially if they are the modified van camper type. Handy if you're parking around the radar. The best of both worlds. We've even seen hybrids where trailers have been converted into what looks like a typical tiny home on wheels. Wow, tiny home on wheels. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. But oh no, that we, that's 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 not unusual. Tiny homes on wheels, and that for many people, that's the lure of having a tiny home, is that mm-hmm. you know they're able to move it if they need to move, and there are actually lots and places where you're able to use to park your tiny home around the country. Right. You just rent them out like you would rent out of any other space, and you oh, put your tiny home there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, darling, I'm going to have to go. i got to cook okay. some food and, and oh. yeah, maybe. You no, you do say. i got to do a few things. I want to get to the gym, keep my legs going. Thank you so much. I had a great time. God bless you. God bless you. May God grace and glory be with each and every one of you. Anne, I just put you back in. Glad to have you, Anne. Anne, you there? This was one of our longer calls. Anne? All right. Um, Anne, I I just put her in. Oh, she called me back. All right. Okay. That's well, okay. you enjoyed your time at the gym. And, Anne, if you're there, God bless you, sweetheart. Uh, I'm assuming Angelica might not be there anymore. Angelica, it's Angelica with a pleasure. Angelica, darling, Texas is here. Oh, one, my my phone hung up. Okay, yeah. All right. Texas, it's just, that's uh, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my, my phone. Now okay. it's coming yeah. on my computer. Okay. All right, darling. Good night. Yeah. Not good night. All right. Good Have day. a good one, please. Good day. Bye-bye now.